Hello guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I say need to watch that. I am your wonderful host, Ka, and I'm joined by a wonderful special guest. Uh, she is, oh my gosh, what does she do? She works a full-time job. She is a grad student. She is a mod for one of my favorite streamers. Two of my favorite streamers. She is so funny, so smart. She's giving me such great advice. Like, And she and I are here to just gush and talk about this awesome, awesome show. Guys, please give it up for my wonderful, wonderful friend, Carla. Yay! Yay, Carla! Thank you so much for that very, very, very warm and kind welcome. Yes, yes. I'm so excited for this. Yes. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you said yes. I'm so happy to talk about oh, This is like the one week where I am off and can like record this. Mm, we love that for you. Uh, also, your, t- your stream just scared me because I got the feedback. <laughs> Sorry, girl. But I'm so, I'm so happy to talk about this with you and... Before we get started, guys, today we're going to talk about Sense8. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal Netflix show. It is so wonderful and amazing. Before we dive into that, we're going to get into our segment, Can We To Watch, where we talk about TV shows and movies that we cannot wait to watch. They're coming out soon. And I just want to start off real quick um, with this one, because Atlanta is coming back, finally! Ah! It's coming back. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. It's coming back um, in April. I think that was the announcement. They just like announced it on Twitter. So I'm really excited to see that coming out. It's been it's been years, Donald. It's been years. Where have you been, my king? Where have you been? Like we're ready to go. I'm ready to go, bro. I'm so excited for it. Carla, what are you something? What's something that you cannot wait to watch coming out soon? Um, so I'm lame. I'm only excited about things that are already out that I just haven't <laughs> had a chance to see. But I'm really, really looking forward to the second season of The Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time coming yeah. since they had COVID. Um, I think it was like 2019 or something when the original one came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like really, it's just fun. It's just you know, I'm I'm ready to watch Henry Cavill like punch more monsters. Like it's just a good time. <laughs> oh, we love to see it. I even mean to watch The Witcher for so long, and I think season two is going to be my opportunity to finally get it. It's a good, it's a good story. Um, it can be a little hard to follow the first season because um, it jumps around in time, mm. and so sometimes you don't know when they're back in time, when they're in present day, when they've gone a little forward, um, and you have to kind of pay attention to context clues. Mm. So like, it's kind of one of those things where like you might want to give the first season like two. Mm. Um, or you might see it and get it and I'm just kind of dumb, but. (laughs) (laughs) I love confusing shows. Uh, like jumping through time, like giving me like very much, yes. Like I watched Doctor Who when I was young, you know, I'm used to being a little bit confused. So I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yeah, I cannot wait to do that. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you can't wait to? Oh, probably the new Matrix. Um, I keep hearing so many mixed things Mm -hmm. and I'm excited because I, love Lana Wachowski and I like the original series um and also very topically um so Lana Wachowski also uh, with her sister Lily did Sense8 and this is I think um just Lana was working on this one and she brought on some of the cast from Sense8 to do this new movie oh we love that and I'm like I get more of my favorite people (laughs) being directed by Lana okay I'm sold I'm there just give me you know a week or two to finally get around to it we love it also like so many new movies have been coming out and I want to watch them like so badly but also I'm just like I just be working you know what I mean like, yeah 
Who's got the time? Who's got the money? (laughs) Right, who's got the money? And, like, who has the patience to, like, sit in a movie theater where, like, other people aren't wearing masks and, like, you have to be like, okay. Just, like, sitting in the corner hoping no one, like, coughs on you or something. Well, thankfully, um, at least in my state, people are pretty good about mask wearing still. Um, I haven't really gone to the theaters the last time I went to, actually, no. Okay, I lied. Um, I went to the theaters this past week, uh, but down in Florida when I was visiting some family mm-hmm. um, uh, to go see the new Spider-Man which, like, haven't seen it, I recommend as well. <laughs> yes, I can't wait to go see it. It's already been spoiled for me, but I don't care about spoilers. Like, I watch movies regardless of spoilers. Like, you could tell me literally everything that happens in the film, and I'm still going to go see it, because I want to see it for myself. Yeah, I am pretty, like, religious about, like, not spoiling things or not getting spoiled, mm-hmm. only for the fact of I have just noticed, even, like, I stopped watching movie trailers. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized my enjoyment for film went up exponentially, especially for something like a Marvel movie, the less I knew about it. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see a trailer and it'll be like, okay, I just watched the whole movie. Like, they'll even give away, like, the big reveal. Yeah. And I'm like, this would have been, like, so much more impactful had I not known. So I enjoy walking into movies knowing nothing and then either being still disappointed or, like, pleasantly surprised yeah i don't like when movie trailers do that and i have to say like i am also excited to, um no way home i guess like with marvel stuff that a lot of marvel stuff has been coming out like a lot of times people are trying to connect it to like the next phase or like what's coming you know what i mean like mm-hmm. everything everything's connected everything's a conspiracy you know what i mean like who's the next big guy you know what i mean like who's gonna replace thanos it's like all that so as like to as a marvel fan like I want to go in blind, but if there's, like, a little, like, Easter egg in there that I see, it's like, oh my gosh. Well, now I have to go down the freaking YouTube rabbit hole and watch, like, spoilers, rock stars, like, local, like, <laughs> this this dojo, looper, like, every single video, every single film, you should be like, all right, what am I getting myself into? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. The curiosity is there. Yes. It is there. Um, um yeah. Oh, sorry, take it away. All right. Um, yes. Curiosity. What we... <laughs> I'm trying to connect it to the freaking show. <laughs> Curiosity. Well, is, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Sensei's a great show if you're a very curious person because it doesn't like to necessarily just give you all of the answers right away. Mm-hmm. It does try and tell a story. Yeah. And so you jump into that opening scene where this woman is screaming and there's people in the room with her and like she's looking for drugs and yeah. you know she's being told she's giving birth but like not physically and you're like what is happening yeah it's very much so that first episode like that's gonna make or break you if you're gonna watch it because it's you have no idea what the hell's going on it's intense there's a lot of emotions there's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on mm-hmm. and it really like sparks your curiosity because you're like what in the hell am I watching? <laughs> I felt that. I remember when I first, like, my friends were putting me on to Sense8, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a look. I'll... And I was watching like, the first episode, and I was sitting there like, okay, this is this is a very interesting start to what's going on. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I did skip ahead a couple times. I was like, okay, I'm not trying to watch a white woman scream, so let's get to the point. <laughs> let's get to the point. What are we doing here? And then all the people started, like, feeling like, this awakening in them, I was like, oh, okay, so this is how it's interesting, and like, this is the adventure word. This is, 
this is what we're in for strap in kids and i like that the show because okay if you don't know like sense eight it's basically a show about like eight complete strangers they don't know each other but they all share like the same consciousness in a way yeah i mean like they can kind of like they can visit each other and then they can like see what the other person sees and they can feel what the other person feels and they can like not like abilities kind of like almost your bodies Mm -hmm. it's like a astral projection type thing yeah i had to like put it in other understandable terms um yeah i try not to like say that it's like body snatching because that's yeah but it's consensual yeah yeah and it's such like it's so interesting and also it's so good like i love sense eight so much the one thing i did like about sense eight in season one is that they didn't straight out the gate like explain what happens because a lot of times with like sci-fi shows they are eager to info dump on the viewers Mm -hmm. that way people kind of understand what's going on and then they can like bring in like a different big bad before the end of the season to like shake things up a bit but with sense eight you really are living the lives of these different people and you're watching them all live these lives together like you're watching um like you're watching son not be taken seriously by her father and her brother and just feel undermined you know you're watching um our boy Caffius just try to be a bus driver and not try to get into any of the drama not drama but like any of the conflicts yeah, like going the on, game going yeah, on yeah. Around. he's just trying to like he's just trying to do his job like he's not in this you know what i mean yeah and he just wants to get medicine for his mom mm-hmm. like he's not he's not involved in your nonsense yeah yeah and you're watching will be a cop and try to figure out what the frick is going on here what is this like what is this weird conspiracy and then it's just all it all kind of flows it kind of flows pretty well because like a lot of shows that have a big you notice that sometimes there are some people who are like forgotten there are some people who are like seen as like the leader or like the main stories like it's always that will is kind of like the leader of the group in a way but everyone definitely contributes and they contribute equally like it's very harmonious the way that like the whole cast works together and how their stories kind of like flow into each other you know right it's very much so like as um sensates they're all very complimentary and also like when we say like they're complete strangers like they are complete strangers sun's in korea kathias is in is it nairobi i'm so awful nairobi okay um and Riley's from Iceland. Yeah. Um, and lives in the UK. Uh, Nomi is in San Francisco, and Will is in oh god, he's in like New York or Boston. He's in Chicago. Chicago. I was yeah. like, it's one of those northern mm-hmm. cities. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, they all um, Lido is um Mexico, and like they all have these different things they contribute. Wolfgang is in Germany. Yeah. And uh, like. You know, they all have these different skills. Like, Sun's a very skilled martial artist. Will's a cop. Um, Cassius has his driving skills. Uh, Nomi's a hacker. And so, uh, and then Kala, who um, is in India, and I don't remember which, um, I believe she's in North India. I can't remember. I'm not sure. I don't think they really ever said where exactly she lived in India. I know they mentioned Bombay a couple times, but I think that, like, that was just, like, a city that their family came from. So I don't know where exactly she lives in India. Yeah, I, I, I would have to look it up. Um, But she's a pharmacist, and she's great with uh, being a chemist in chemical compounds. And, you know, if any of them are in trouble, because they're also all being hunted, and this is, like, mm-hmm. this big conspiracy thing. Yeah. Um, Where, because the sensates are different, they're hunted, and there's this big bad, 
called Whispers, who is also a sensei, but mm-hmm. he is working for the bad guy to yeah. hunt down the sensates and to lobotomize them, essentially. And I have to say, like, with watching the show, um, I, like, I don't mind not having the full picture with watching the show, because you're so ingrained, like, you... When I'm watching the show, like, you really, you do care about their everyday lives. Because mm-hmm. what's going on with them is so interesting. And it's, like, day after day, they got some, like, same, same story, different bullshit. Like, every single day, you know? Like, son was, like, just once just, like, the daughter of a powerful business executive. And next thing you know, homegirl's in jail because she took the fall for her brother's embezzlement. Yeah. Which is, like, oh, my gosh, girl, that's crazy. Like, that's a whole that's a whole thing. And I definitely do want to get into, like, the individual stories of Sense8. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say, like, I, gosh, I like the fact that, um, you know, Jonas, he was, like, their, I guess, guide in a way. Yeah. Like, in the beginning, Jonas, he is someone who knew Angelica. And he kind of, like, talks to Will and tries to, like, help them through figuring out what it is to be a sensei and figure out what is this, what does this mean, how does it work, what are you, like, what are we doing with this, like, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all that stuff. And with Whispers, like, gosh, I don't know, it's, you know, what is it, Whispers? He was just a bad guy, you know what I mean? And for a second, I thought, like, they made him a sensei because they are talking about, like, the temporal grafting in the brain and how he can remove it. I was like, oh, he removed someone else's and he put it in himself, you know, like that. But it was just, it wasn't that, I don't think, it wasn't that. But that was just something no, I, I think it was, um, something went wrong in his life. I think he got his heart broken, and I think also his cluster was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a whole bunch of things did create the villain. And this is also the upsetting thing. Sensei was originally, like, written and built to be a five-season arc. Mm-hmm. Like, it was meant to explore a lot of these things that we still don't get the full picture on. yeah. Um, and it was Netflix cut it after two seasons and then yeah. the fans rioted to get that like ending finale movie mm-hmm. that is like the third season, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of things we don't get to learn about Whispers because they had to wrap up the show because Netflix sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they love killing everything that is good. Um, I mean, granted the show was extremely expensive to film because mm. it is genuinely filmed all over the world. Yeah. Um, I did, uh, like, I like that about I like that because um, oftentimes with like Netflix shows or like TV shows or movies in general, they will just like if they just like oh this movie is set in like Africa like in Black Panther it was filmed in Atlanta you know they didn't go yeah. to like Kenya <laughs> to like film it they filmed it on Tyler Perry Studios you know a lot of times when they try to film like scenes in like Europe and stuff they could probably film it in the city or they'll just go to Canada and just replicate Mm -hmm. it you know what I mean like it is wonderful that it was filmed in the places where the characters are so there's that real Mm -hmm. sense of like oh we're there like we're here in India like we are watching a beautiful wedding happening in this amazing Mm -hmm. country and I love to see it and I also love seeing like everyone else experience all the like joyous things that happen together like when they had like their birthday that was like so cute like a little holiday special and then when like something sad happens it's so like heart-wrenching because like they all feel it at the same time it's so right it's so beautiful and this whole game of cat and mouse I could see I can understand how like this was meant to be a five season arc 
Right. Because there's a <laughs> lot to the, the being a sensate, though. Like, we still don't have a lot of, like, you know, we don't have a lot of, like, yeah. background. You know what I mean? Like, I would like to know, like, like about other clusters, you know? Like, mm-hmm. who is old man Hoy? And, like, where is his cluster? And, like, yeah. what's up with that girl, Leela? Like, who does she work for? Like, what was her deal? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's just so um, much. They, so just... they just did a lot. Because, yeah. like, it gave you this entire world. And then at the same time, it also, like, set out to do other things. So, one, like, it did treat the cast as people aside from, like you said, like, they each had individual lives and you were invested in them and they each had their struggles. But then also, the show invested a lot of time in social commentary. Yeah. You know, you see um, what it's like for Leto to come out to his family as a gay man and as, like, in, uh, you know... Mexican culture and a lot of Latino culture and like I related to that very heavily because I'm Latina and like it, it can be very very homophobic culture yeah. and the hiding from your family the double life the not sure who's gonna accept you and who's gonna you know cast you out that danger is like very real um Nomi is uh first of all she's actually played by a trans woman right which is um, great yes uh Jamie oh god Jamie Clayton um, is a fantastic actress. Um, I love that, you know, when they say, like, this is a trans character, they say this is a Korean character. Like, they didn't swap around too much with that. Mm, Yeah, like, Um, they do do that a lot with (laughs) in casting, where they're like, oh, you know, white people are the everyman. So it's mm -hmm. fine if we just, like, you know, like, call up up Scarlett Johansson. She can play both characters. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not going to work out here. Like, (laughs) we're not going to do that, you know? Yeah. I think I love um, Leto's story the most because I feel like it's a very important question to have, especially with, like, young people who are interested in film and TV who, like, also kind of, like, I don't, like, I think that there were some people that were watching Sense8 and someone was having the Leto and, like, oh my gosh, people in Mexico, like, they just don't understand. Like, they're just not, like, oh my gosh, they're just not open. Like, they're not welcoming like we are here. I'm like, we are America, girl. Like, it wasn't that long ago where McCarthyism was a thing. You know what I mean? And, like, you want to act like people... percent of Mexico's problems are because of the U.S., second right. of all. <laughs> you want to act like people still don't get blackballed today? Like, you wonder, you ask yourself, like, oh, why is this certain actress not in TV shows and movies anymore? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, like, look at her Twitter and see what she talks about, and then that will tell you why. You know, mm-hmm. like, people, like, this is one thing that, like, this is a theory, and it may not be, like, a well-supported theory, this is my theory, exactly, is that, like, I'm very happy that Brie Larson is Captain Marvel, because she has always been someone who's, like, outspoken about, like, social justice stuff, and usually, if you're someone who's outspoken, unless you're, like, Jessica Chastain, when you're openly outspoken, and you actually do action work towards that stuff, Hollywood sees that, and they're like, oh, she's that kind of girl. Okay, well... Unless you're Angelina Jolie, and then, yeah. then you get, like, the I adopted everyone pass, and it's literally, like, illegal to be mean to her. Yeah. Um, not that people still aren't. Sorry, my computer's dying. No, it's <laughs> fine. You're fine. But, like, I'm glad that Brie Larson is Captain Marvel, because that secures yeah. her a spot within Hollywood, so she obviously has a job, and, like, I saw people, like, kind of, like, being a little rude when she, like, started her YouTube channel, but, like, leave her alone. Like... We do notice a lot of men, especially, we're like, I don't know, I just don't like her. Like, I don't know what it is, I just don't 
dislike her. Like, it's this thing where <laughs> we as outsiders see, like, actors that we like and we adore. And we're like, why aren't they in movies? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? Because Hollywood is very picky-choosy about the people that they want to uplift. You know what I mean? And yeah. people always... Also, can we stop pretending like it's still not hard to come out in the U.S.? Right. I post recently where it was a bunch of actors mm-hmm. who like came out that like they had had partners for the past like 10 years mm-hmm. and this was like within the past three years that this stuff was happening yeah people forget in this country you couldn't even you know marry your significant other until 2015 yeah and like we as a society we're still not there yet and there are still people that are trying to get rid of that yeah and that's like the bare minimum of things and access needed in a majority of the states like you if you come out as gay like you can lose your job mm-hmm. like you can lose your housing like there are no federal protections and i think it's like at least like 38 states so you're talking about Lido and him you know struggling with his like sexuality and him being an actor and i do have to say like i think that this with Lido's story is important because a lot of times when people ask questions of like, oh, I think like when people, you know, you have like shows and movies with like queer people in them and queer characters, but they're played by straight people. So mm-hmm. there are like viewers that want somebody who is like actually like, you know, if you have a character as a lesbian, you want a lesbian actor to play them, you know, mm-hmm. like you want that kind of like connection to them and i'm not gonna be like that person where like only queer people can play other queer people i do think like obviously if you yourself are playing a character who is bisexual you someone who's lived that life you have something to bring to the character and bring to like interviews and conversations that you will be having with that character and like experiences in the writing room you can also bring that in but i do think that like it's very possible that there are people who are actors that we know that are still in the closet because work in Hollywood is not promised to anybody. You know, the yeah. industry is very like fickle, like when it comes to like auditions and stuff like that. And like if you get the chance to be in a Netflix movie and it sucks, uh, you still get a check at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. that's what's important, you know what I mean? Not everyone's out here trying to win Oscar, you know what I'm saying? And it can lower your chances to get booked for certain things if you come out because you don't know if the next producer you meet is okay with that. Or if they just pretend to be okay with it and in silence they're going to diminish your role and then slowly write you out of their TV show for the sake of their own plot and simply they don't want you on their side. Exactly. Um, I feel like this conversation also comes up particularly with like trans individuals. Yeah. Because like I can promise you like as a cis person, I do not want to see a cis person playing a trans role Mm -hmm. ever in my life at all at any point. Like, I feel like with sexuality, we do get a little more flexibility with, like, portrayal and who can do things. But, like, with a trans character, like, that's why I love Nomi's writing. Mm -hmm. Because it really is, like, Lana Wachowski's love letter to the trans community and also for herself. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, during the very first episode, you see her, you know, doing her shot of uh, E and, like, talking about, you know, that she is, like, a full trans woman. You see her deal with transphobia from her mother, Mm -hmm. like, continually dead names even though like standing before you is an entire woman yeah like yeah um and you know living a wonderful self-actualized life with her you know girlfriend and it's just all these things where it's like uh, you're not gonna get that honesty to a role it was like you know there was a big controversy when the danish girl came out yeah because of uh Eddie Redmayne mm-hmm. um, playing the main character, and it's like, like I feel like Netflix has a pretty good track when it comes to trans portrayals because like 
with more than just a new black. Um, her name is Laverne Cox. Um, yes. For the pre-transition scenes, they got her twins there. Yeah. Um, and she offered to do those scenes, and they told her no. They're like, we're not going to make you detransition yourself physically for this scene. Right. We're going to do, and then, and then like, because also, like, if you back in time really do things like you get a different after you do that so yeah. it was like keeping those things still in line um, and it's always just like that respect that i think is really meaningful mm-hmm. to a lot of audiences of like what it's like to experience these things in life what it's like to deal with the hardships that come with it it's just a really good conversation to have yeah and netflix i think like as a platform i try to just see it as like a streaming service Mm -hmm. because they have had they are currently having some problems right now with like dave chappelle just being openly transphobic and like arguing with kids on twitter about like things that he doesn't know anything about you know and yeah i don't want to really get into the whole dave chappelle thing but it's like clear like how people will support things when it is in their interest and then they will backpedal on that so quickly just to protect their own pocket and it, right. it sense eight is such a beautiful show and it really did deserve like five seasons because i'm sure that like there's so much more that we could have learned about the show there's so much more that uh, lana could have told us or like showed us and we could have seen through the characters and like lived their lives and i think that like with both seasons it did a pretty good job at like trying to like give us at least what we want like at least enough like information a nice a nice surface level you know mm-hmm. and like hopefully like maybe one day a revival can happen of some kind you know that'd be great but um i really did like leto's storyline and i love like leto because he's so funny like he truly is like the comic comic relief of it but he isn't like yeah. we're not laughing at his own expense but it's just because he's a funny character and he's a funny person and he's like yeah he's a drama queen yes. it's his entire thing he is a you know soap opera and like novella and action star like you know he's there yeah you know being el caído and like you know shooting priests and like getting right, right, the right. nun and like all these things and like but also in his daily life like you know he has insecurities but he's just such a big personality mm-hmm. or like the way he lies to people about mm-hmm. his sexuality or he's like you know i'm sorry my heart belongs to another mm-hmm. like little drama queen yes. over here. Yes, so cute. And also, I love that Freema Ga- Gaiman is in this show. Like, I love Freema. She is one of my favorite actresses ever. I've loved her since Doctor Who. I've always been obsessed with her. Like, I watched The Carrie Diaries just for her. Because I saw that she was in one of them. And I was like, well, I mean, I strap in. Because my girl, she's booked she to be for you guys. The most incredible actress. Her character yes. is so vibrant. Amanita is just such a delight. Like, it's literally just, like, she walks in the room and there's just a little bit of extra sunlight in that scene, and she's such a good partner. She is. Like, that's the thing. It's not just about the main cast. It's about their family units. It's about, like, the people around them. Like, you know, Neats has no idea what's going on, Mm -hmm. but she knows that the love of her life is going through something, Mm -hmm. and she'll be damned if she's going to get left behind or not be supportive. She's like, this could be just a brain tumor, and you could just be hallucinating, but, like, I'm not about to leave you behind. Right. And Like, also, we're in this together. Also, that scene, like, when, um, the scene where she is in the hospital, and they're going to do the surgery on her, it broke my heart, because so many queer couples have to deal with that, where, like, in hospitals, 
you have to be family to approve um, certain like procedures to be done if the person that's having the procedure done on them is not like mentally adequate to make the decision your family has mm-hmm. to make that decision and if you have a family that you're not talking to or you're estranged from they will be contacted by the hospital because the hospital is not going to call your girlfriend or your bestie that you live with in the apartment with like seven other people like that's your family but that's not your family on paper so yeah with like uh that's why like marriage and like power of attorney are really important things so it's like you know pre-marriage equality days like this is just what happened and then you know eventually um you know through the series finale like we do get you know the wedding between nomi and amanita and i cried like a baby (laughs) and then that but they had that security that protection that like anything that happens like that's that's her wife and yeah. she has to say um and it's also and like it's also like good to remember it's also this is something i learned recently is that like trans individuals they do pass away due to like transphobia and other things medical issues and stuff mm-hmm. but the oh. reporting on it can skewered because of like the family thing where like you are in the hospital and you like your dad gets called but your dad dead names you and your dead name is still like on official documents like on your passport or like on your driver's license and you can't mm-hmm. get it changed because sometimes state governments are not lenient to that kind of thing so right. if someone who is trans passes away they use their dead name not their actual name and they don't like self-identify them as a trans individual because like the family has like still has say over how that's reported so that's another thing that like i found out when i was like doing research for this show that really made me sad because like you really think about how like people look at america and like they feel like this country is so open or like such like an open country for like people who are like queer yeah it's the land of the free you can land of the free home come of the here and be anything and do anything and it's yeah. like there's like a very big like asterisk there yeah like there's a huge gray area there like you just because people have pride parades and like RuPaul's Drag Race has like won like nine Emmy doesn't mean that like this is like a great place to be you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it's very like mm, you know like people want to like compare America to like oh at least it's like in Africa where you get like shot or like killed for being like gay it's like well there cool. are people's like, families the life expectancy for trans women of color is 32 yeah so not looking so bright you know what I mean and I brought up Africa to talk about um, Kafias, you know, aka yeah, Van Damme, and I loved his character. I do have to say, season one, um, I felt kind of like, why are we going this route? You know what I mean? I do have to say, like, all in all, I love Kafias' character. I think he is phenomenal. He is optimistic. He has a big heart, and he is courageous in everything that he does, and he does it with, like, the spirit of Van Damme with him and I love that about him but I do feel like both seasons his story was just kind of like just I don't know I feel like season one with him fighting literal gangsters it felt very like Nollywood and I was like watching it and I was like I mean I'm down for this like I like the you know I like I, I like a little you know conflict whatever I, I like the narcos you know what I mean but it's very clear when like you have the one like black sensei dealing with a gang war in the middle of Africa and everyone else is dealing with other things that aren't as, you know, tied well, I mean, to... Wolfgang also literally is, like, from the mafia. Who? Wolfgang. Oh, yeah, Wolfgang. His entire, like, he was born and raised in the mob. Yeah. 
and then also like Leto gets mixed up with like because they talked about um like the the ex-boyfriend the jealous ex-boyfriend yeah, who's like threatening yeah, him yeah, he's yeah. really like also in the mob and like in like the drug trade yeah. and um so i mean it's not just Cassius. however right. i do understand like they could have done a little bit more nuance like i, I appreciate that they did make him like a bus driver because one, like it's you don't think of what he's doing as a skill until he is the key player in yes. what's going on. Yes. And you're like, thank yes, Cassius. Right. Um, I do appreciate that they kind of called and I feel like they used it to talk about some other issues, like the problem with medications being watered down mm-hmm. and like being unsafe in certain areas and how there are ways to combat that and correct that that yeah. aren't being done. And this is what happens. You get people pushed to, you know, it's not like crime is inherent in these areas. It is that you have created such a broken system that the only way to survive is to slip through the cracks. Yeah. And so I felt like it was an important conversation. I wish that they would have, I don't know, maybe done something a little new. Like, like you're saying, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like, you know, you got it with Lido and with Wolfgang. Like, yeah. We need more games. Do we need more drugs? Yeah, it, it felt like, because as someone who, like, has only mainly watched television and movies where I see myself represented, it's like the same tired shit where, like, oh, black people, thugs, gangs. It's like, we're literally in the middle of Africa where you have, like, him in Nairobi, which is a beautiful city and, like, a beautiful place to be in. And there's so much culture and so many other things he could be doing. And it's great that, like, he's a bus driver. So, like, obviously there are people who, like, think of Africa and still think of it as, like, people walking around with water on their head, heads, walking everywhere mm-hmm. they go. Like, they live off a dollar a day. But, like, obviously, like, it's clear that in the lower income place that he lives in, things are a lot more expensive simply because people are poor and because poverty is just something where prices go up but wages do not go up and they just want to see mm-hmm. how how much people will bend to like deal with like the status quo. And I would very much I would very much like to have not watched a singular man turn into freaking Bruce Lee and fight off like three different gangs and like be forced to like chop someone's head off like i know that like wolfgang also had a rocket launcher and he like stole diamonds and like you know there were other things going with other people with like the plots of the story but i would have appreciated if he didn't just like shoehorn the one black guy into like the typical um story that you usually put people in and i think like the hard pivot in season two to like politics was like i think obviously response to the criticism that was dealt with in like his story but also there's another conversation to have about politics in Africa how like there are several countries with presidents who are no longer presidents they're now dictators because no one else will run against them and mm-hmm. like they've been in power for so long and they keep doing the same stuff and it's so corrupt and how oftentimes with like gang leaders or like things like that how they are tied into politics and how certain provinces like Africa and certain countries just like have these problems that have been institutionalized for years and years and years and it comes from colonization it comes from like money and wealth it comes from a a lack of access to um, education to Mm -hmm. you know healthcare and all these things and you know you can talk about it in like I think they try to get it in season two with Kafi's the story but I also think they try to do the whole like respectability route where it's like oh he went from fighting gangsters to like 
wanting to be president like oh my gosh look at how he's grown it's like that's great that's cool and like it's good that you want to like change from the inside but that's going to be hard to oh do i didn't like... get that from his character yeah because when it came to and i just very recently rewatched it like the first season as well mm-hmm. um he wants nothing to do with these gangs and things right from the get-go yeah he just wanted to make enough money to get medicine for his mom and then yes. ended up working for someone who is more powerful so he could get continue to reliably get medication for his mom. Yeah. And I feel like I it, I appreciated the pivot to politics for the sole fact of it. I didn't want him to just be about gangs and things either because that's like a very reductionist view and also like he's got mob boss Wolfgang over here and you know Lido dealing with the cartel um which speaking of portrayals um as a Latina I'm tired of us all being from Mexico and talking about the cartel yeah um (laughs) yeah but um I appreciated Lido's storyline for its contribution to conversations about homophobia in latin america because it is pretty intense in a lot of places um there's a lot of grassroots movements that are working on it um but also like i don't know i would love to talk about latin america without talking about like or like if you're okay mexico is this amazing beautiful vibrant country and i wish we like actually talked about how beautiful and vibrant it was Mm -hmm. other than like i i appreciate that he wasn't um that they didn't just make him like the poor little soccer player because i think that would have been really offensive yeah yeah um so it's like refreshing to see portrayals of wealth in those countries um to show that like you know we still have society Mm -hmm. over there like um because there is a it definitely in a different way i feel like it gets the african i do love so much about um what was i gonna say i love like leto his story and i also love how you people watch soap operas and it's like it seems like girl stuff like it's like girly you know like soap operas like actually it's like for men but there is a certain masculinity that is expected of actors that are in those shows. And, you know, when you're a gay man, people don't think you're as masculine because of the life, you know. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, here he is, this, like, very well-cut, like, beefy Latin man that they very heavily hint at having a large penis. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and here is his boyfriend, who is you know and he's like an intellectual and like an artist and um i absolutely adore him i love her like like, and is like he's very well written he is it's kind of like both sides of an artist there's Mm -hmm. you know lito's the dramatic side the fiery side Mm -hmm. where it's like like the quieter like contemplative you know gentle artistry um but also very quick-witted and like he's also very attractive um in his own like um but he's not like you know a beef wall of a person (laughs) yeah he's like what's another way to say really muscular (laughs) we love him we love to see it absolutely Um, or the scholar vibe um how did you feel about them switching out Cassius's acting I have to say like I did like Amel like I liked Mr. Amin I feel like he brought an honesty and excitement and like an eagerness to Cassius that like Tony did try to like replicate it in a way but it came off as childlike sometimes and like I mean he just looked like an everyday man that's another thing like he looked like a guy you could just just hanging out and I think that's what also lent to his character 
being so interesting and like so well liked because although I wasn't like a huge fan of like the whole gang shit like Caffius is a great they wrote him very well as someone who's like sincerely kind big-hearted optimistic and not like he took on the serious parts a lot better yeah yeah I think that like Toby is a really good actor but I feel like he this year he very much looked like an actor so it was like you know I don't know I like it when people when you cast for shows you focus less on I like it I don't know how to say this exactly but like when actors look like everyday people it mm-hmm. lends to the character you know like Toby playing yeah. someone who's going to be a politician like yeah you kind of do look like a politician but Mr. Amin, if he was to play someone who looks like a politician, he looks like an everyday man who wants to take on politics because he sees that as a concrete way to help people rather than perpetuate violence. Like, he wants to really just, like, try and, like, give, like, serve his community in a way that he can do it in the way that his father did it. And, you know, Toby did what he had. I just, I feel like he was very, like, I am playing the part of, African man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, did, it kind of felt like really disingenuous in a lot of points, and it sucked because apparently, like the lore, yeah. the, the rumor, um, he they left over publicly creative differences. Okay. Um, there was a rumor; it was never confirmed. I probably shouldn't say it because it was never confirmed, and it might just slander this man. But apparently, there was a little bit of transphobia going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was publicly listed like creative differences, and we will never know the answer. Yeah. Like, that might have just been a really awful rumor. I, um, I did notice that in season one and season two, upon my rewatch, was that Caffius was never in any of the ORG scene, but in season two he was. So I think it was more that, because there is, like, a certain, um, I don't know why this is, certain men, male actors, sometimes it's just black people, they're okay with violence, but then they're not okay with other things, you know? Like, you have me pretend to, like, be Bruce Lee and, like, chop someone's head off, that's fine. I have to kiss another man? No. Like, sometimes that's just, you know what I mean? Like, people can watch Power and Empire, and they're okay with that, but if you ask somebody if they've, like, uh, watched Queer Eye, or, dang, what's that show? Dang it, what's that show? It was, like, Girlfriends, but I forget, but I'm talking like there's someone right there. There's no one there. Like <laughs> show that was, like, all about lesbians? What? Is that what I'm talking about? No, it's a different one I was thinking of. Fuck, I just saw him on Twitter, and, like, I might have to, like, go through and find it again. But there was a show that was out that people were talking about. Because, like, I remember, like, I think Insecure just ended. So people were talking about how, like, um, Girlfriends and Insecure, all those shows were like, oh, my gosh, they're so good. Blah, blah, blah. Now I, I have to, like, look um, up the person who said it. Oh, but that's, like, another thing. While we're talking about, like, oh, like, oh, I would never kiss him, blah, blah, blah. That's the nice thing about Sensei. It's literally, like, every, like, all of the main cast assumed queer. And, like, yeah. even, like, the actor who plays Will um, was, like, yeah, no, Will's definitely, like, at least bi. Yeah. Um, because then, like, when he meets Leto more formally, the first thing they say to him, he's like, he's like, do I know you? And Leto's like, yeah, we had sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> because there is, like, the infamous orgy scene where, like, all, like, many of the sensei actors are, uh, or, like, characters are having sex, and because they share experiences, then they all started to kind of blend into each other. Um, this is for the people at home that haven't seen, um, for that. No, no. So then it's like, oh yeah, like I met my other 
Sorry, I just heard. Um, okay, the show was called Noah's Ark. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's it's one of those shows that are kind of like it's only known to like a certain number of people, but it was it's around. Like it had seasons. It was all just like gay black men just like living in Los Angeles talking. So I think it was like it was around the same time. No, Queer as Folk. Is Queer as Folk the show you're talking about? No, there is. Um, there was a different I'm show. The L word? Is it the that? L word? Yeah, the L word. That is the like pinnacle, um, like queer show. Yeah. For like the early 2000s, like it was all about like catty lesbians. Um, but uh, uh, we're just talking about words. Oh yeah, everyone's seemed queer and like yeah. uh, old. and it's very. I like that they did that with like Will and Riley specifically. How they like took these two white characters. That are very like I would say hetero coded, mm. um, and then been like, oh no, no one's straight here. I'm sorry, you're watching the yeah. wrong. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like a show that like says like there's no boundaries, there's no labels. It's just us as one human consciousness. And people mm-hmm. always try to do that thing where they're like, we're all human, we're all one race, a human race. Like we're all from Africa. Like we're all Africans. Like girl, we are not, we are not Africans in the way that people think I'm in that. Okay, but the show. Yeah, much... like there is a difference. Like when you get called a slur or denied service from a store, like yeah. then we can talk. <laughs> right. Yeah, and there are plenty of times where like I think mainly with like Sun, I love her so much. The thing I love most about Sun is like her acting. It is so hard to really, like, for me, like, when I look at acting, if you can portray your emotions and you don't say nothing, I see it in your eyes, I see it in your cheeks, I see it in your lips, I see it in your body language, like, I see it in the fur of your brow. That, that is mine. That is for me. That, I love that. I love that so much. Because when she was sitting there talking to, like, when she was there and, like, you first meet her, she's just like, she's a woman, she's in the male-dominated field, her father is her boss, she's not listened to, she's overlooked. I'm like, girl, oh girl, I feel that for you. That whole breaks my heart, and it makes me so angry. It, um, And also, like, I felt like it was a good conversation, because, like, we don't really talk about, like, sexism in a lot of other countries. Like, we, yeah. I, I personally have not really heard about conversations of like you know sexism and like Korean culture when it comes to like upper business levels like I'll see conversations about like beauty standards and things like that but we don't really talk about like contextually like you know family dynamics and like other things and I have no idea how much of it is like accurate how much of it needs more of a conversation because like that's not my heritage um and I don't uh that information um anecdotally or otherwise I um, kind of like I had a feeling that she would have been fine in jail because yeah, I she would run that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to watch I previously had to watch like lots of like prison documentaries and true guide documentaries for like research uh for a job I used to have and like each and every time you have like a female murderer or like anything like that like she did it for a reason. Like, a woman's in jail for a reason, and the reason is usually a Literally, man. he had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had it coming, baby girl. Like, y'all don't even understand. Like, when they, like, were talking to her, like, the women in her cell, and they, like, welcomed her in open arms, I was ready to start crying. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, this is just, like, so beautiful. And when her dad came to see her and just to talk to her, I was just like, man, how many times are we going to have this conversation where, like, the parent is like, I messed up, I didn't pay attention, like, I helped 
short and you know it's like oh gosh it's like it's I also like yeah it's just heartbreaking because also they do the same fucking thing where they're like oh let me uh i'm gonna warn the guy who like has every intention of like killing or preserving whatever mm. narrative suits him and it's like yeah the dad was like you're my son and i was like bro he likes money money makes people do things like like you raised a piece of shit yeah like, why? <laughs> you let him get away with so much stuff that in his mind he feels like he can get away with anything like that level of privilege like you have already told him he can and will get away with it mm. and why are you surprised that he tried I, like i got so upset when she told him about like first of all what i first thought was she was telling her dad about the embezzlement stuff and like going to jail and everything and I was like, oh, she's sending them to jail. She's going to take over the company. Okay. But then she's like, I can take the fall. I was like, no, 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 no. Nope. This is the wrong thing. No, this is wrong. This is wrong. I'm sorry. Someone's got to do a rewrite. This is not going to work out for me. I'm sorry. This cannot be it. Because it was just, it was so angry. Like, you really taught like... your son how to break the law, and then he took it a step further. Like, if anything, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, the dad should have taken the fall. Yeah. And then with Son didn't deserve it. Him sending and like the guy coming in and like talking to Son, like you realize that she's the one that figured out that you were embezzling the money and you didn't even that do that good of a job of hiding it. So now you're trying to come to her and lie about her father passing away, and he can't even like you can't even act, you can't even like you can't even cough up like a tear, like a little a little quiver, a little something, a little, a little like you know a little. Sorry. Yeah, the brother's just the, like, the biggest piece of shit, and you're just like, No. Okay. Sorry, we don't believe you. Try again. Yeah. You got the wrong girl, my guy. I'm sorry. I don't know what you thought this was, but, like, this isn't, this isn't working out, you know? And when Sun, I really did think Sun was going to kill her brother in the jail. I was like, oh, he's dead now. Oh, she's going to jail. No, I knew she wasn't going to, but I was really hoping she was. <laughs> I was like, it's not... It, it would be poor writing if she did, but, mm-hmm. like, he, he deserved it. <laughs> yeah. I love Sun's character so much. And I'm very glad that <laughs> she, No, she's great. And I'm glad that she didn't turn into, like... I didn't, I'm glad it didn't turn into, like, the whole silent Asian trope that happens a lot of times. Like, in Deadpool 2, they had, like, one character in the show, in the movie. But she's Asian-American, but she doesn't say anything in yep. the movie. And then, like, in Orange is the New Black, they have, like, maybe, like two or three asian characters and one of the asian characters says nothing she silently waddles around like an asian grandmother and is just like hanging it's, out so like they let sun have emotions after a point because like she's been told to be quiet her entire life and mm-hmm. then she finally like she gets mad she cries she has her feelings and like it's very refreshing to see her just like being like no like i'm upset and this is my moment to be upset yes and like to and then also she's very much like okay what what am i gonna do now like she's a survivor she's very like i absolutely she's my favorite character i love her writing she's very like she's a very precious character and it's very interesting to like comparing her to someone like kala Mm -hmm. where like i adore kala i enjoy her I adore all of the main cast. Yeah. But I wanted to strangle her. Because ah! I'm like, girl, your entire problem you created yourself for no 
fucking reason. Right, right. All you had to do was say no to the pretty man you didn't want to marry. Like, you could have said no to the date or told him you weren't interested, and you literally had the right. You weren't being forced to marry anyone, and you right. made it so you were forced to marry someone. Like, how is you gymnastics yourself into a situation? Right. You didn't have to be in because they were talking about how this was like a breaking away from like you know um uh forced marriages and like strict traditions where you know she had an education uh-huh. she had a career yeah and she was allowed to marry whoever she wanted and she fucked it up <laughs> I, also, like, I, I feel for Carla in like the terms of like family expectations you know like yeah. it was very clear that like her dad is like someone she talks to a lot and like i'm sure her family would have been okay with her not marrying um the guy i forget his name it's like noah or something it's not noah it's probably something rajan it's rajan that's what it's yeah. rajan yeah and like i understand like everybody's like everyone wants to date this guy everyone wants to be with him everyone wants to marry gosh like he is like mr like hottie mcpants hottie 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 pants you know what i mean and to his credit he is also a wonderful person yeah like he never stopped being good to Kala yeah like he was actually like a really kind person and like it's hard to want someone to like somebody who could be good for them but it's very clear that like they want to be someone so I think that like I do wish that Kala like at some point just like girl with the wedding like when she saw um Wolfgang just fresh out of the pool and she fainted I was like this is a good time to just say no this is a good time to say no this was your last out this is this is your Hail Mary. This is it. Right here. Especially, like, it just ended up being so unfair to Rajan, who really, really loved her. Mm-hmm. And they got to watch her fall in love with someone else. And then, like, it was just like, dude, he could have been happy with someone else. Yeah. Just because he really wanted to marry you, if you had said no and allowed him to, like, grieve that relationship and move on, like, it was just really, really unfair to him. Yeah, and, like, it's not, like, like, Kala's bestie that kept hanging out with her would be like, I'll marry him if you don't. Then do it, girl! Yeah, I was like, Then do know. it! This is your <laughs> ring! Here you go! I'm done! She can have him! Like, she doesn't want him. Go on. And they kept that, and I was like, this is just me. I was like, Kala, you're, like, such a kind-hearted person doing the coolest thing possible to another person. Like, Kala, you gotta make a decision, babes. Like, yeah, you like, don't wanna be with this guy. praying to your, one of your gods, you're mm-hmm. praying to Ganesh, for guidance and for something, and Ganesh is like, here's a man you want, and you were like, what if I made everything worse instead? Mm, girl. <laughs> like, no one asked you to do that. You had the options. You had the everything. Right. I also do like the fact that they um, brought up the fact that she, like, worships a different religion. I feel like too many times we fall into the default of, like, Christianity, Ju- Judaism, and, like, Islam, but sometimes not really that. So I like that there's a different kind of, like, religious aspect to the show that isn't something that people rely on heavily a lot of times you know like we need like a nice little like, perspective a nice little like you know add a little spice and yeah and they talk about like you know the the complexity of like mo- like modern versus like traditional mm-hmm. and then you know like the like Rodin's father wanting to get rid of the shrines yeah and like being like very like anti-religion and yeah. like he said you need to enter the modern age it's like hey but like these things can coexist yeah like you can still have people have their religion have their gods mm-hmm. and like also 
you know, enter more modern ages, invest more in technology, and, like, these things can coexist. Yeah, you can definitely be someone who believes in, like, something greater than yourself and still be able to participate in the modern life and, like, everyday life, you know? Like, maybe for someone who, like, it's very possible, you know what I mean? And I think that that would have been interesting to explore in more seasons, to explore, like, the conflict that is in that country where people <laughs> feel like they want to hold on to their old practices and tradition to like keep that way of life alive and bit true to them and their ancestors but also trying to open up new things for like you know modern yeah. day also unless i'm misremembering like i really appreciated that all conversations about religion were not in like um didn't have anything to do with uh, gender or sexuality. Yeah, it was very just like... Like, they just didn't touch that topic. Yeah. And I really appreciated that because I feel like um, a lot of times, like, with queer conversations, like, religion is always put at odds with it. Mm -hmm. And it's really tiring. And it's really annoying. Like, because, like, I, I was raised religious. Um, I ended up leaving, like, religion because of homophobia. Like, that's the main thing. Um... And also, I didn't like being told that my role was a support to a man. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like, but uh, it's really exhausting because when people like to bring up religion, they always like to bring up like, oh, how were you traumatized? It's like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Because that's not inherently what religion is, what it's about. And I love that, like, I love having conversations about religion that are about other things. Like talking about like, you know, like what's called a storyline. Like, I'm glad if they were going to talk about religion, they did it that. Yeah. And faith is very important to a lot of people. And I yeah. think that oftentimes people are too hung up on the religious aspects of it and less so on what is important, which is like your own relationship with your and the things that yeah, you Yeah, like it doesn't have to be a weapon. It doesn't have to yeah. be a tool. It should just be about like your personal thing. Like Kala's very religious and it's about her relationship with her deity and like how she navigates her life with that relationship. Yeah. It's not about anyone else's, how they are. It's not about anything other than just her and those conversations of, I am trying to do what's best for myself and my family. And I feel like that was a really respectful way to have those conversations. And I'm glad that, like, the show, the show is it's very clearly a show that wants to have conversations about things like social justice and things like that. <laughs> and that's important and that's great. And I did feel like sometimes the show was a little cheesy when it came to talking <laughs> about certain topics. Because, like, that happens sometimes when you're trying to, like, have a conversation. And it's not just, like, you, it's good to have a show that has people of different backgrounds and religions and, like, sexualities, gender identities, all those things. Because them living their everyday lives can be a commentary on things that people talk about because like Leto coming out as someone who is gay can be a commentary on how like masculinity is inherently like you know kind of praised in men in Hollywood but it can be diminished in gay men or people talking or like having Kafias be someone who stands up to like these gang bankers how like a lot of times gangs come up in lower income places because there is no other way to make money or no other way to provide security for your family unless you yourself are the dealer of violence. That way no one comes against you and there's no other way to really really take care of your family in a steady job unless you go towards a legal means because the jobs that are available to you are not things that can provide for you and jobs that can provide for you are reached through like education but you can't get education because you don't have money to receive education you know and i get there's some conversations that you just have to have you just have to have just like out loud and i'm very glad yeah. there was never a conversation 
where someone made fun of her and like her elephant elephant headed god or like her eight arm gods like i didn't want that whole people always want to do like people always want to have a socratic seminar about religion when they bring up that you have a faith because they want to try yeah. and like debate you about every little nuance in nook and crane i wake up in the morning i pray over my food and i do what i need to do i'm about my father's business you know like i'm not yeah. gonna sit here and be a theology professor you know what i exactly. mean exactly like yeah and even the like anti-religious person mm -hmm. like he wasn't he wasn't ever like given that much speaking time yeah he also didn't get a lot of opportunity to say anything really vile like it was more he really put it more as like we just need to come forward Mm. and that like this is requesting us and it wasn't like he wasn't ever like mocking the gods directly um he was tearing down shrines and like right, you know yeah. doing a bunch of horrible shit but like they didn't allow him to vocalize a lot of offensive commentary yeah. and that's the part i appreciated like you know no you're right like no one made fun of her for you know her god having you know an elephant's head no one took it like even like, even Wolfgang, who didn't understand any of it. Right. Like, he never made fun of her. He never mocked her. He, like, he asked questions and he was polite, but, like, it, he, it was always... Or, like, Rajan, who, like, is not a religious person, was mm -hmm. raised in an anti-religious household. Like, he understood that, like, with Kala, like, these things can coexist. Yeah. And you can be in these conversations. Yeah. Even if you don't... And you can kind of see, like, sexism isn't something that's openly discussed in the show, but you can kind of see instances of it. Like, when um, Rajan's father was, like, having the dinner with them, and he kind of, like, brought up how, like, oh, these religious zealots or whatever. And, like, Rajan literally goes to his mom and is like, mom, mom. And she's like, you know, your father, he thinks he's doing what's best. And the only person who really calls Rajan's father, father out is... Kala's father and he does it expertly because he's like you know I'm I love a that man. he's the best yeah. character he's like I just do it listen I'm here to make my soup and take care of my daughter but if you want to go we can go like don't think because I stand yeah. behind a stove stove all day doesn't mean I'm stupid I know things I know a yeah, lot more than you do thing. pretty boy okay he's the sweetest kindest man yes, he who is. has like so much love in his heart yeah but like don't you dare cross his daughter don't Try me, buddy. All right. People put you all the way back. I throw down in the kitchen and I will throw down at the table. What's up? Like. <laughs> Speaking it, of, I want to eat all the food in the show. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. The amount of times I watched the show and I was like, I'm hungry. I want Indian food now. I'm hungry. Indian food so good. It is so good. And that's another thing I love about like the little nuances in the show where like Kala, when she was first like kind of like awoken to that consciousness, she's like, oh, it's raining, I need an umbrella. Like, it's not raining, it's sunny outside. Like, girl, it's not raining. And then, like, um, Wolfgang having the craving for, like, Indian food. I love those mm -hmm. little things. I love those little, like, details that you see yeah. in the show. And it makes All me... All the way they share their experiences, it really, like, it's not them telling you they share mind and body now. They mm -hmm. show you. And they, you know, um, also I love, um, oh, the way that the show is shot. Mm -hmm. because the way that the Wachowski sisters work is like they like to do a lot of practical so when you see them transition from one person or another mm -hmm. I watch them behind the scenes things and you literally watch like the actor there dive down the other person stands up real quick like so it's not like they cut away and then like reset like that it, it's all when they are showing you one fluid motion yeah in a can it is one fluid motion yeah I love that 
I love um, the the choreography they kind of have, the blocking that they have in the show oh because gosh. it's just so well done. So 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 good, especially with like a lot of the scenes where like there's fighting because you need to like be able to just like kind of go off of each other and like keep that going. And it's hard to do that when you have like eight other people running behind you, but they all kind of like seamlessly kind of like get into it together. And I do love mm-hmm. that about the show, like the syn- the synchronicity is so essential to the plot of the show them having that connected consciousness them being like the sense eight it's so good and i really do like appreciate like just like the time and the effort that's put into the show and i love wolfgang's character like wolfgang being like the strong silent type i love that about him because him like cracking the safe and like trying to be like you know keeping it quiet and trying to keep his friends safe and like all that like that's beautiful and learning about his like full story in season two broke my heart like, like this kid has been abused to hell and back this kid has by, so much like literally pisses on his father's grave and then you learn why and you're like yeah, i would have burned the grave yeah <laughs> yeah like season uh, one like the episode when he pisses on his dad's grave i'm like yeah his dad's probably bad like he's on his... yeah yeah he's probably... like oh this man was raising the mafia and he hates his dad and everyone else loved yeah <laughs> yeah come on like, now and it's so very um they don't ever make Wolfgang entirely hateful though like he yeah. has been hardened by his experiences mm-hmm. but you see even as a young child like he does have this substantive artistic side and yeah. like um I love that they paired him with Kala because yeah. he really brings out that in him. Kala is like so bright and like cheerful and sunny mm-hmm. and Wilkin lives in like cold Russia like freezing cold Russia like stoic. Germany barely... yes. <laughs> oh Germany Germany like stoic doesn't barely smiles like drinks a lot and like Kala is just like lives this beautiful vibrant life you know mm-hmm. it's they really do like mesh well together like they're very they're yeah. very cute. They're very they're very complimentary which is how the show functions it's all about that complimentary nature and mm-hmm. like Wolfgang does have this gentleness, this sweetness, this very caring side to him. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, his best friends, his whole world, and they are brothers. And um, I like that they introduced that little scene. He is stealing the, um, stealing the diamonds. Like he gets discouraged and he watches the like singing competition. And he talks about (laughs) what a great singer she is and how gorgeous she is. And then like, gets upset when she is like doesn't make it through because of how she looks. Yeah. And you know, those flashbacks of him like wanting to sing as a kid and like I, I know why they didn't, but I kinda wanted to see like adult Wolfgang like learning to sing again. Yeah. I think that would be really sweet. I mean he but did a little singing when they did the whole what's up but the non blonde. Yeah. I love that scene. That um, was so fun. It's such a good show. Um, so and then good. also going back to how it's shot and blocked, um, for people that haven't seen it, the one of the ways that they will show you that another sensei is occupying that person's space because they can share abilities. Yeah. So um, they will have, you'll, it'll pan to the character like, you know, um, maybe they're about to get hit. Hmm. And then Sun takes over. And then you will see Sun's arm and her in the same spot where mm-hmm. the other actor was yeah. and she takes over for the fight sequence and that's how they kind of show like um when one is taking over for the other and these things and the way that they shoot it is they would literally have one actor jump out and slip the other one in while the camera is panning yeah. so it was all happening in real time 
all of the, like the emotions and things and they said that like the actors said it was like really challenging and really fun and creative and mm-hmm. like everything was very fluid in how things were filmed and it helped them get into character um and they also used to have lots of conversations about like their characters and you know their motivations for scenes and so like um and that's why it's really great like this is just like this Wachowski touch like Lana really built and she built it beautiful I also love the last scene where they're all singing and I forget which song they're singing I think I like wrote it down like um I feel you I think it is it's by Depeche Mode and they're all singing it and they're all like in the train I love the cut where like they're in the train and everyone's just like listening quietly and it's just all of them just like singing it together like they're on top of the car and they're like driving it's like this is this shit this is so cute I love it. It's like that stuff you see in like YA novels or like YA movies where it's like, oh, we're like doing the bonfire and we're like singing together. We're like having a good yeah. time. And then it's like everybody's just like, just like to get, it's like, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful show. And I really like two seasons was not enough. Netflix was so, Netflix did us so dirty by like doing that to us. Like how dare you? And they you? did it in the same breath as announcing that like 13 seasons got a new season. And I was oh. like, let it die. And there was another. They were they were making another kissing booth, and I was like, "Fuck y'all, fuck y'all." <laughs> oh wait, sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I oh my gosh, it's so irritating. It's worse because it like Kissing Booth is literally a Wattpad novel, so the fact that it's a Netflix movie. Burn it, burn it, set it, burn it with fire, burn it with fire, please get it out I, of here. They they really did give it like a nice pretty bow with the season finale and the mm-hmm. wedding and everything and like you know they did give us the happy ending yeah. and also like seeing the sentence get to meet like their characters getting to meet yes. was really cool. They're meeting each other when Will finally punched Whispers in the face. I was like, you better grim, like take him <laughs> out, bro. Take him out now. Do it for your dad. Yeah. Do it for me. Like. Yeah, and then when Will and Riley get to meet, and you're just like, they're in love. And then he love, a... your love is real. And then he looked whispers in the eyes, and I was like, oh, it's over. It's over. I know, my heart it's over. And then, like, they had to, like, keep him drugged. Oh, and locked that was him so in a horrible. fucking shed. Yeah. And I was like, my this, is, this is not the vibe. This is not the vibe. I am not happy with this. But Riley was there the whole time. That made me so sad. I was just, mm. no, Will. It's just sad. The sad. Like, that's when you were new. You're like, all right, Whispers has to die. Yeah. He got to go. a fresh, shiny bullet for this man. We, he got to go. Couple. He got to go. He can't be here no more. No. Nope. We're done. Goodbye. Cancel. <laughs> Cancel for real, though. I remember, what was it that, um, gosh. Dang it. I was just thinking about it. How, oh, with Will's father, my, like, you could tell he loved his dad, even though he didn't have, like, the strongest relationship with him, like, it's okay, they still had a good relationship, and they had a relationship, yeah. you know what I mean, and... And it, it was complicated, and, like, but not in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it, I like that they allowed that, because it was clearly, like, a very masculine culture, like, he was, you know, they're both cops, but, like, it, and it, they show that it, they had trouble and it was difficult and that his dad didn't always get him, but it wasn't always portrayed as a bad Yeah, I do want to say, um, the actor who plays Son in Sense8, uh, their name is Bay Dona. I may have said that wrong, but they're yeah, in the it's, news. Yeah, it's, like, Bay 
I, I don't know if Bay it's Duna. Duna. Yeah, I think it's Bay Duna. Um, she's in a new show called The Silent Sea on Netflix, and it stars some people. If you watch a lot of K-dramas or if you've seen at least Squid Game, you will recognize some people in the show. So it's... That's my list right now. It's fairly new. It came out on Christmas Eve. There are eight episodes, and it's based off of a book. It's definitely giving us K drama, so I'm very excited to watch. It looks good. It might be a it might be a weekly show. I think they're gonna do the like. I don't know if it's a weekly show. I don't know if it's all out because I don't see any like. I don't see a Rotten Tomatoes review on it. All I see is like, okay, a lot of people like this show. Google users gave it 96%. So I'm definitely like, if you guys want to go get your daily dose of sun, go check it out because I've been on the K drama kick recently. Like I've been. I did watch Squid Game. Squid Game is really good. Um, girl, I can't watch anything with gore and like violence like that kind of stuff i can't really get into oh it. i'm a heathen doing <laughs> chops once that off it's fine a lot of people have recommended alice in borderlands for me to like try if i don't want to watch squid game and i think i might another show i really do like that someone recommended to me that's like squid games but not too violent is a show called Busted, and it's on Netflix. Wait, wait. Did someone tell you Alice in Borderlands was less violent than Squid Game? Because they lied. It's more violent. Yeah, I think they just recommended that to me, like, off of Squid Game. I don't think it was okay, that I was, was less... Say, I was like... Uh, like, I watched a couple episodes of Alice Borland. I haven't finished it. I forgot to finish it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd go do that. Um, But, like... Yeah. It's very violent and like someone explodes. It's like <laughs> yeah, most K dramas are either like very like very like calm and like oh you know, um it's Japanese, Japanese. I believe. Okay. Yeah. A, a lot of shows like I watch that are like that are either like very like romantic, calm, beautiful, like you know nice, and or either they're just like blood, gore, violent. Oh, like girl, someone's gonna die every episode. <laughs> You know, but a show I really liked is Busted. If you like Squid Games, but you like it more for like the puzzle puzzles, Busted mm-hmm. on um, Netflix. It's a South Korean show, and it's so good. They have two seasons. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. It's about these. It's a group of um, I think South Korean actors and like comedians and entertainers. They all kind of act like they're all like prote- detectives, like freelancing detectives, and they're solving crimes and they're solving like um, puzzles and like brain teasers and they're trying to like figure out like they're like working for this like secret organization for Mr. K. And they're trying to rid the world of, like, evil and, like, get rid of criminals and get rid of, like, all that stuff. It's, the show is so well produced. Like, all of the set, all of the plot lines, all of the characters, all of the people, the endings, everything is just so well thought out. High quality, like, high quality content. It's beautiful. Like, Carla, when I tell you, you have to watch this show, you have to watch it. Because it's so... I do love puzzles and things like that. It was why yes. I like the walk because it was lots of puzzles. I love it. I'm gonna send you the trailer for it so you have to go see it. I think like the first okay. episode it was like a little slow for me because you're just like kind of getting into it you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I'm gonna send it to you right now and I'm also gonna post it in the chat because y'all need to go watch this show that way I can talk about it because a lot of the like <laughs> puzzles in there it's so good. It's such mm-hmm. a good show. It's truly, like, one of my favorites. When I finished watching it, I was so sad. Because, you know, when you get into a show and you're like, oh, this is mine. This is my shit right here. Mm-hmm. But when it's okay. over, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> when it's over, you're like, no, I want more. Like, you don't yeah. want it to end. That's why, like, I was part of that Twitter campaign that, like, for, like, getting Sensei to have a finale. And people yeah. kept leading and messaging and being like, give it up. It's not going to happen. You guys just need to shut up about it. But we got our finale. Yeah, we got it, huh? 
Yeah, Sometimes two hours and thirty minutes. Well, well, no, Netflix feels almost bad and like is kind of forced to do the thing. <laughs> they should have just like let her. They should have let Lana have her five seasons. Because there are a lot of shows on Netflix that have gotten canceled because they're too expensive to film. But there are a lot of things on Netflix that are just ex- like it's expensive to make movies and TV shows and good ones at that. Like Mindhunter. I love Mindhunter. It was pretty solid in the beginning, but I really got into it. And when I found out that David Fincher was not making season three, I was upset. Because, sir, why would yeah. you do this to me? Like, It's one of those things where, like, I wish I was, like, a billionaire so I could yes. fund all the things I want to get made. Oh, my God. Because it's like they also canceled, like, the Dark Crystal remake after one season. Because oh. it was really expensive to make. Oh. And I'm like... That's I want to like excuse. call Netflix and be like, I will personally fund this mm. project if you finish it. I was a huge Supernatural fan. I will fan. lose all of my money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, give me this show. I, like, give me more seasons of Sensei, please. or three more seasons of Sensei, and give please. me the rest of the Please. When and I... we'll get you more Mindhunter. <laughs> <laughs> please give me more Mindhunter. Like, dude, they're setting up the BK killer, and they were setting him up so well, and like, hidden in the shadows and like I like the Atlanta child murders I like the way they covered it because like I live in Atlanta so it is something that people kind of talk about and it's interesting to see it in a different perspective and it's interesting to see like how it would look if you were there as a detective like as a policeman but it sucks when like something so well done and like interesting isn't like the poppy kind of thing like the teeny bopper thing everybody wants to watch so the netflix is to see like doesn't see it's something to really invest in oh my gosh y'all make me so irritated like i was a supernatural fan for a long time and supernatural tried to do spinoffs twice over and then they actually got it right one time with wayward sisters which would have been like having the female characters of supernatural hunt monsters and demons and work with angels and all this stuff and it would have been so cool but they gave up on the pilot of it because the creators of supernatural and the cw was like oh what supernatural is about the winchester brothers it's not about anyone else and i'm like no you're wrong you're wrong dead horse out 15 16 seasons and beat it into the ground and made dean fall in love with the freaking poodle and a poodle they made him a season dog 10. season 10 go weird they made Dean fall in love with god's sister the darkness was god's sister and he liked like why is dean out here trying to smash a spiritual entity why is dean out here trying to smash anyone other than cass you queer oh baby giving Don't us giving us a confession two episodes before the show ends that was wrong that was wrong. Yeah. I stopped at season 10, and I was like, this guy's judge me. I had a whole phase. I used to live blog on Tumblr. Ah! <laughs> I had, like, the custom URL. I had oh. the, like, custom, like, blog cursor as, like, an angel sigil. Girl, you're kidding like, me. I was a oh. super law Tumblr girl. <laughs> I was in it. Oh! Not super who luck. No, not who. I didn't do who. Only okay. I only did. It was the my one escape. Because I have a thing about shows where I have to see the entirety from beginning to end. When mm-hmm. people told me I couldn't watch all of, you know, of um, Doctor Who, I was like, okay, then I don't want to watch any of it. You want to and watch the old my, Doctor Who? Yeah, I wanted to watch the, like, original. And some of the episodes, Girl. because they're from the 60s, just don't exist. And I was like, well, if I can't watch all of it, I don't want to watch any of it. And I also had, like, a weird love-hate relationship with the BBC. 
yeah. with like Steve Moffat. Yeah. And I was like, Steve Moffat can kiss my ass. Honestly, like, he better never be in Atlanta. Sir, if I ever catch you in the streets, if I ever catch you on Beach Street, if I ever catch you in Midtown, it's on site, all right? Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. are going to have words, all right? Never be a Hartsfield-Jackson. Never. Yeah, I was really deep into the, you know, queer baiting, Mm -hmm. popular TV shows. Did you ever watch Merlin? No. That was queer baiting. That was, like, the master. I'm so tired of it. Just make it gay. Like it's he, 2015, it's time. Oh my gosh, girl. I watched all of Merlin. I used to love that show. But like, oh, Merlin. Like, BBC's Merlin. Yeah. Yes, we did. Did you I watch that? Yes, I did. Oh my god! Listen. I, I was obsessed with that show. I started re-watching it recently because it's like a comfort show of mine. And I was just like... <laughs> oh my gosh. The way they did Morgana... I love her so much. Like, when she became the villain, I was like, yes, yes, I want it. I want it. Beautiful and amazing. And I just, you know, if you like Marlon, you actually like my like the witch. It's like a similar vibe, but like less. Okay. Is it as, I like the comedy of Merlin. I think that's why I was really into um, it. I would say the witch is less comedy. Well, they have like comic relief. Mm-hmm. They don't. Okay. Seriously. That could work for but, me. Like, I like comic relief itself um he's very sassy mm. and he's very like he's good at his one-liners okay um being a little rude but like i wouldn't call him a light-hearted that's okay that's fine with me you know what i mean we love to see it yeah. you know we like a little sassy ting every now and then yeah but there's a whole lot of like nudity and stuff in the show so that bothers me uh, okay. we're literally talking about sensei that has you know an infamous orgy scene yeah. and like has a lot of nudity and a lot of sex yeah. and like you know a rainbow dildo falls on the floor in the first episode yeah yeah i remember i saw that and i was like oh this is a show and i'm not gonna lie i'm the kind of person who does skip past those scenes because like that's just but, like oh ooh, i, I ripped my earphones out of my ear hold on i do appreciate the I do appreciate it when people are kind of just, like, comfortable with their bodies enough. That's a lovely mm-hmm. thing. It's a wonderful thing. I have not achieved that. Like, body neutrality is, like, the goal for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I ever do become an actor, you're not going to see my titties. I'm just going to say that right now. Like, <laughs> that's, that's just... Hold on. My headphones also came unplugged. Hold on. Of course they did. I just ripped my... I ripped my shit out. I cannot hear you. I can't, I can't hear you right now, Carla. Hold on one second. All right. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's like. Uh. I don't know. Nudity and things don't really bother me. Um. Body positivity is something I like personally. But like when it comes to like content media and things, like I'm very like whatever about nudity. I'm like we all got bodies. We all got titties. It, it, it's just like that. It be what it be. It is what it is. Um. And there is a lot of nudity and things in the show. And yeah. so I always warn um like it is very like sex positive. If that's like a problem, you should know that. Um, I don't ever skip scenes in shows. Um, the only time I ever am, like, no, mm-hmm. and, like, I dip out of a scene is if, like, because, um, like, gore, violence, gunshots, body horror, I love horror as a genre. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that bothers me. But if, like, there's, like, a graphic, like, sexual assault scene, like, yeah. I'm, like, turning that shit off. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I can... some of y'all get graphic for no reason. Yeah. But, like, need to show any of that and you did and i'm done with this now and it's worse when they do it and they don't warn you like it just happens it's like hold on no 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 like 13 reasons 13 fucking reasons i was pissed at that show because people are like i i again i have a degree in psychology 
I was literally studying mm -hmm. all of these things when like 13 Reasons came out. And I read the book. The book is fantastic. And yeah. the book is not the TV show. The book is better. Like the TV show lacks a lot of nuance mm -hmm. that the book has. And the TV also show like in a lot of ways like... it glorified it. It yeah. really did. Yeah. They displayed it as the last act of revenge and when mm -hmm. the show first came out, they uncensored mm -hmm. showed outright a suicide attempt. Yeah. A in the bathroom and like they showed everything there is a reason we don't play things like that in media and there right. is a reason why there was a big call the psychology community to censor it and to take it away because here's the thing if you were someone in that position like you don't need that visualization you yeah. do not need a how-to guide mm -hmm. on how to care yeah. because that will live and manifest in your head yeah. And they'll be like, I know exactly how to do it, and I know how to visualize it. Yeah. But that was something I tried really hard to explain to other people, because, like, a lot of neurotypical people were like, I don't get the big deal. But then also some people who, like, were mentally ill were also like, you know, I think we should talk about it. I'm like, yes, we should talk about it, but we shouldn't show it in here. Why? Yeah. Because you personally may not take that as a how-to guide or whatever and are okay with seeing it, but not everyone is. Mm -hmm. And I think like it didn't suit the story it didn't lend anything positive by including this mm -hmm. so i am in general very anti-censorship i think censoring swear words is the stupidest thing that we do as a society like i think that social media like should be for adults and it shouldn't be censored like i feel like you should make spaces for kids and have them be their spaces and i feel like there are some spaces that should just be for adults and censorship annoys the crap out of me but there are certain things like with that where i'm like you didn't need to show that you yeah. created a net negative by showing that they definitely did that for like shock value and it's very yeah. clear that the people who write for 13 reasons why do not actually suffer from any mental illness and you did not have people within the writing room that are also have mental illness or are psychiatrists psychologists therapists mental health professionals in any kind of way and you took like this story of how someone is depressed and bullied and you turned it into you made it you basically made it into like pretty little liars where it's all teenage drama it's all mystery and we're all doing this just for like the kicks like there should not be kids convening in a coffee shop talking about how a girl taking her own life and telling her story and why she took her own life is like oh well she's going to ruin my life now like why should i care that she died like kids are not that selfish and if they are there's something else going on you know that's gross and that's wrong and also like the show is was marketed towards younger kids like it just was yeah. like it's you also can't... a matter of, like there's these like 20 something you're playing teenagers mm -hmm. and it does impact it because like a lot of it in the books was like yeah these like kids did something shitty but they were kids like they were yeah. teenagers like they weren't responsible for the death of their peer because like you know she was bullied like it's like they are responsible but not in the way that the show displays which is why i was mad at the show because there's a lot of internal dialogue in the book um and none of that's displayed in the show because it's hard to read people's internal thought process and monologues in a show mm -hmm. um but a lot of things went down mentally or behind the scenes and stuff like that like you, you can't translate mm -hmm. and it's what made the show in the end very offensive and very like you know people did kill themselves after watching that show yeah like that's just a fact yeah like you're trying um, to make a show that's supposed to start a conversation but the conversation you are making 
is relying on tropes that have been shown in Hollywood about mental illness that has been detrimental to people who have mental problems. Like, why is it that homeboy started seeing Hannah walking around? Both his parents are therapists. These are signs of, like, anxiety, con like, warping into something else. And, like, you having a spooky episode where something supernatural is happening. We're like, that's not supernatural, babe. That's psychosis. Like, none of y'all are talking to nobody. I've seen two scenes where someone is getting assaulted. I don't know what's going on. And the one thing that really did piss me off in season one was when Hannah went to her guidance counselor talking about what happened to her. And the guidance counselor didn't offer her any really support or talk to her. Like, if someone goes to a teacher... And counselors are mandatory. Yeah. Like, like, if you come to some, like, they, like, someone should have, like, a minor was assaulted. She's, like, fired by law that something yes. happened. Yes. And also, yeah, connected with reason. You're telling young kids that if they talk to adults, the adults won't take them seriously. Like, yeah, which, like, which... does happen with bullying and things. Mm -hmm. But with things, like, of a certain nature, like, that's not what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, um, and it just... It, you know, you see these adults pretending to be teenagers, doing all these adult things, and like it really is glorified. Like it really is just like her final, you know, through you all did this to me and I won. Where it's like, no, you didn't win, you died. Yeah. Things didn't get better. They didn't get worse, but they don't anything. You have nothing. There yeah. is no anything because you're dead. That's the thing about suicide. You end what's going on around you, but you also stop the ability for anything to ever get better. Yeah. And one thing people and don't... don't ever talk about that, that she was a child yeah. who died and she thought she was in the right, but it's really just, it's just tragic. She died, she should have died. The adults around her failed her. Her peers, you know, then in the show, they're all villainized as these like raging fucking assholes. When a lot of the time, like they're just kids. Mm -hmm. Like, it, like I'm not talking about the assault. The assault, like that, was fun. yeah. And like that's a very serious thing. I'm talking about like some of these were just like someone started a rumor, mm -hmm. where someone just like didn't invite her to something, and like just these little petty dumb things that kids do to each other and say like, oh, actually this person's blood on your hands because you did one unkind thing. Like no, they're kids. Yeah. Like that's a really shitty way to put that and to portray that and to put that burden on someone. I'm like. It's they very. Make... It's also very clear that like the people that are in the circles, the people who are making decisions for these TV shows, these producers. If anybody's actually saying this to them, they're not listening. Mm -hmm. Like they're not taking the time to like really take like listen. You know, like this is why I don't watch Euphoria because as much as I love Zendaya, I'm not. She took a hard pivot from Disney to whatever is going on over there, and that's not for me. I don't care how many kids tell you that's what it's like. It's like in high school. That's a problem. Okay, I don't want to see grown men write scenes where young kids who are played by adults are graphically having sex and doing drugs and doing other things and being assaulted. This is not entertainment to me. It's not cute. I don't want to see it. And I don't want a kissing booth either. You know there's a happy medium, okay? Don't act like we haven't ever seen, like, Never Have I Ever. You know, like, see, I like that show. problem yeah. with those shows. I did watch the first season of Euphoria because if I really, like, want to say I have a problem with a thing, I do like to see it through mm -hmm. to explain why I have a problem with it. And the thing is, is they could have done everything in this show, but moved them into a college setting. Yeah. And it would have been the same. Yeah. There was no reason for them to be minors. Yeah. At all. And it's very uncomfortable that they're minors. 
because they are all mid to late 20s adults pretending to be teenagers doing really graphic shit like one of like one of them becomes a sex worker like and is camming for like private audience no and you like all these things Mm -hmm. and there is like a lot of drug depictions and you watch these characters spiral and i feel like the show has a lot of important conversations to have about certain topics but they don't need to happen about children and it's also a matter of there's a really big pedophilia problem Mm -hmm. in hollywood in that industry and a part of the problem is we keep portraying these adult scenarios these adult stories using adult actors Mm -hmm. and telling us they're children first of all it really messes with the teenager that they don't have a six-pack yeah because they see freaking teen wolf where there is nothing teen about any of those wolves okay (laughs) like yeah Yeah, you're right Tyler Posey being 25 pretending to be 15 yeah just make them in college make them college kids doing dumb shit like there's no parents around they're all at each other's houses and and shit just make them adults there's like you could have the same story same everything just tell them to go to you know blah 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 university Mm -hmm. instead of blah 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 high school and you have the same story, the same thing, except it's not creepy pedophile shit. <laughs> also, it would make it's more sense <laughs> if they were in college because, like, college kids worry about money all the time. And it's hard to have a job and go to school full time. I can say this as someone who, like, went to school and worked full time. Like, it's a difficult thing to do. So being a sex worker would be seen as, like, easier because you do it at home and, like, you're camming and you can, like, hide your face. And the amount of times that I've talked, like, other girls have brought that up as like a joke but it could be like a serious thing to do because it's the easiest way for you to make money and not like have to leave your house and you don't have to like do that much and also it's sad that like in Um, our capitalistic society the commodification of our bodies is like turned into like work like i'm gonna counter that a little bit sex Mm -hmm. work and camming is not easy at all um building an audience building a platform and getting paid is actually extremely difficult because of our like repressive laws and systems Mm -hmm. um and sex workers get very quickly chased off of lots of platforms even looking at OnlyFans OnlyFans was going to ban sex work because the bank said that they would no longer support the platform Mm -hmm. if there was uh, adult content on it and they had to do some finagling with the bank um once people were really outraged but like so like I agree with your general sentiment of like it's it looks like the easy option and it looks like but actually like no discredit to sex workers because that shit is a grind and just like building any other form of content creating platform like it's hard yeah and i only say that as someone who sees it from the outside like me and most people who do not participate in sex work but only see it through like tiktoks of people like flaunting their hundred dollar bills and stuff like that like yeah i understand that like it's not easy work is work like stripping is work you know like having to get on the pole having to like have like a certain like physicality to it and also men are creepy and gross and weird like people can get doxxed and all this stuff and harassed and like stalked like there are plenty of strippers on tiktok that talk about like how much money they make and how much fun they have doing it but also how there are girls who like steal your stuff steal your money how there are like clubs or like bartenders will try to take tips from strippers even though bartenders get paid a certain wage and strippers don't and how like people have been stalked and like harassed and like even like murdered because they're just simply doing their job and that honestly that's horrible and it sucks and me as someone like i've never done sex work i've never stripped before so i obviously should not make a whole show about being a stripper or a sex worker because the way Mm -hmm. i would write it would not come from a place of like actual like knowledge or experience i would be speaking like the outside looking in as like someone who like the writers of the writers of like 
of 13 Reasons Why, two white men who are probably neurotypical maybe shouldn't be talking about what it's like to have anxiety and depression in high school or what it's like to lose someone to suicide. Like I could say like you can say like oh well someone who's actually lost someone to suicide maybe should write something about that but like the creators of Dear Evan Hansen had a classmate who took their own life and they made the musical Dear Evan Hansen and the movie and I would argue that both the musical and the movie are not good representations of what anxiety is you know because I haven't seen it I haven't heard a single good thing about it. <laughs> I I'm I gonna... heard the movie was weird and awful when they picked like a like wrinkly old man to play a teenager. <laughs> not wrinkly old man. Not wrinkly. He's thirty two, so he's not wrinkly, but he's old. Oh, okay. That's sorry. Yeah. Apologies, after. But I saw the screenshot and like, cause uh, my friend sent me a meme, and I thought it was like someone had inserted something, and then he was like, "No, that's a screenshot from the movie," and I was like. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I'm just they going <laughs> to tell you about Dear Evan Hansen real quick. Basically, the musical is about a young boy. His name's Evan, and, like, he has anxiety. Oh. Excuse me. The musical opens with him having his arm in a cast, and, like, he fell out of a tree, blah, blah, blah. He has a single mom. Um, the mom's trying to take care of him. The mom's doing her best, okay? There's a guy named Connor. He's kind of like a bully. Uh, his sister doesn't like him. His dad can't connect with him. The mom's trying to do her best. But, like, you know, Connor seemingly comes from, like, a happy family. And Evan comes from, like, his single household. So, like, people know that, like, he kind of... Evan has, like, you know, he's a special boy. Kind of, like, a sentiment towards Evan. And one day, Connor corners Evan in the bathroom. And he kind of, like, tries to be nice to him. But then I think he, like, realizes that, like, Evan likes his sister. So he pushes him around a little bit. And then he apologizes. And then he signs Evan's cast. But he does it in a way where, like, his name is, like, the only name on the cast because no one else has signed it. So he doesn't, like, big letters just to be obnoxious. And then I think it's the next day or the day after that, uh, Connor is taking his life. Nobody knows why. No one talks to Connor. Connor doesn't have any friends except seemingly Evan because Connor had a letter that Evan had wrote. But Evan was writing letters to himself per his therapist instructions. And his therapist was like, all right, dear Evan Hansen, today's going to be a good day. And this is why. And Connor had that letter on him, so it made it seem like Connor was writing a letter to Evan. So then the principal and the teacher were like, oh, Evan, you're friends with Connor. And then Evan was like, uh, uh, yes. And then everyone just thought he was best friends with Connor. And him and his friend decided to create fake email accounts and create fake emails going back and forth as if they have a friendship, trying to make it seem like they're besties. And then Evan starts hanging out with his dad. Evan starts hanging out with Connor's dad. Connor's sister. Evan tells Connor's sister that Connor loved her, even though Connor's sister remembers him being an asshole, because he was. He was a bully. And his sister was trying to deal with the fact that, like, he took his own life, and people were talking about how he was a great person, but they didn't know him like I did. And I knew he wasn't a great person, and I'm supposed to be sad that he's gone, but I can't be sad because I remember him as somebody who wasn't nice to me. And then Evan comes in, and he's like, oh, Connor loved all these things about you, like the way your hair smelled, and how soft your skin looked, and how cute you look like with this rumper. And that's all the things Evan likes about her. And then she's like, oh, okay. And then Evan starts dating his sister. Evan abandons his friends. He creates an entire... Wait, Evan um, starts dating his... Wait, Connor's sister. Connor's sister. Not his own sister. Okay. He doesn't have a sister. He's an only child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then they create, like, a whole, like, movement or something around bullying. And Evan has, like, a friend... I don't know what this friend's name. I forgot the friend's name, but he's like one black friend. And like when I was watching what? the musical, what maniac wrote this show? 
I, girl, it was two people. It was two. They also wrote The Greatest Showman. So, you know. That explains everything. Yeah. Explains everything. I need to hear nothing else. Like, near the end of the show, everyone figures out the truth. And, like, there's a whole song where, like, they're all like, why would you do this? Why did you think this was a good idea? He You're doesn't really. self-centered psychopath. <sighs> he doesn't really, like, get held accountable for his actions, to be oh, honest. Oh, of course like, he does. He's no. I mean, sorry. Like, the girl, Connor's sister, she was mad at him, but then she took him back. And, like, the one thing people don't talk about is, like, how are you going to have this whole scam going on and have one black friend? Because one thing I know for certain, one thing I know about white people, y'all will let the black person take the fall and then act like nothing happened. Like, what? <laughs> like, she made this whole scheme up. What do you mean? Like, what? I didn't do this. I never met Connor also, before. like, how do you go, oh, yeah, you, like, monopolized on my brother's suicide. Yeah. Let's continue to date. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I lost a sibling tragically, knock on wood, God forbid, it never happened. And someone was like, yeah, I knew them really well. And I really cared about them. And like, we trauma bond. And then I find out you didn't know them. I'd be like, actually, your ass could go straight to hell. Yeah. Actually, how about I just fight you? How about we just fight? I've never been in a fight. I think (laughs) that would be my first fight. Like... Also, I talk to my siblings. Like, if somebody come out, comes up to the woodwork, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I was best friends with your brother. No, you weren't. I'd be like, the fuck you were. I show, me your, show me your Snap story. Show me them streaks. My brother has streaks on Snapchat because he still uses Snapchat because he's like a child. It's like, show me your Snapchat. Let me see. Let me see, huh? Did he yeah, ever send yeah, yeah. you a weird picture in the middle of the morning of his breakfast? No, he didn't? No. So y'all aren't yeah, friends. Yeah, or like, my brother's like really active on Discord as well. It's like, oh, I was like, okay, let me pull up your Discord DMs. Yeah. I have his computer right here. Like, <laughs> like which servers are y'all a part of? Like, show me yeah, all Yeah, yeah, the... yeah. Where are your mutual servers What's at? your favorite emote? Show it. Show me. <laughs> show me. Name all the peeps. Name all the peoples. Name them. Yeah. If you don't know name ten... his favorite emote. Yeah, name his favorite one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You don't know shit. You don't know anything. Don't even try me. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm like, how do you not know, like, who your brother's, like, best friend is? Like, Yeah, from the way that Connor was portrayed in the musical, which was, like, a short time, it was clear that he didn't talk to him. So for, like, Evan yeah. to be the one person he talked to, like, I understand that some parents aren't really in their kids' lives, but, girl. Usually if your kid's a loner and they have, like, the one friend, you know who the one friend is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like. Like, I don't have any kids, but, like. <laughs> I don't have any kids. From my understanding. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We derailed horrifically. No, that's perfectly fine. We do that all the time on my podcast. We do this all the time. I love I love it when the conversation, you know, stems into something else. But people really shouldn't like I think that's what I love most about Sense Eight. I feel like would have been what would have been cool was like having someone who's like non binary on Sense Eight. Because that would have been interesting to, like, explore as well, like, gender yeah. identity. But um, I'm sad that it ended so soon. There are a lot of shows on Netflix that are, like, so good, and they're not given, like, their their due. You know what I mean? Like, One Day at a Time, yeah. I used to love that show. That show was so great. And then it got, it went to another channel, but I think it ended after the season that it was on the other platform, which sucks. Because it was a really great show, and it was really funny and interesting, and, like, there's really, like, something to be said there. Like, having a young kid who is, like, a lesbian and, like, how, like, they're going to grow up in their family with all that. Like, it's, it was such a good show. And it was so funny. And I like shows that can, like, take a topic that people talk about, like, immigration or, like, gun control. And they don't beat you over the head with it. Like, they don't try to be too preachy. Like, the conversations y'all are having, they're, like, genuine conversations you have. 
Like, yeah. I don't need everybody in the show to be politically correct. I need, like, two people to say something really stupid and someone else to be like, well, you're like, no, 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 no. I need that. Like, I need the, I need the, con- I need that. Like, you know, because in real life. I need you- people. Yeah, I need real people with real conversations. You don't have to, like, sugarcoat it for me. But I don't yeah. need you throwing Trump supporters in your shows. That's not what yeah, I'm I saying. Yeah, I don't ever want to, like, acknowledge that that person existed ever again in my life. <laughs> like right. I don't I don't need to be reminded I don't need to know anything about him right. I don't want to see him in the news I right. don't want to see him at a rally I don't want to see him in my media I think that he should go in a hole and stay there and I don't want to know see smell hear nothing yeah <laughs> and show Sensei was so Sensei it was, was it was my comfort show I've seen it time wow it was one of the shows where i finished watching it and i was like wow nothing else i will watch will ever compare yep nothing will ever like fill this void <laughs> no this show is so beautiful and they film like everywhere because I, I have a hard time having a favorite anything i don't mm. have a favorite movie i don't have a favorite song i don't have a favorite genre yeah. band nothing but i have a favorite tv show and it's sensei that's so we love that like i can't have a favorite thing either i have to have like top mm-hmm. five top ten or something mm-hmm. and even that changes from time to time because yep you're continually wa- i like watch movies and tv shows all the time like i'm watching new shit all the time just trying to like keep my interests yeah. open like if i if you asked me what my favorite show was for a long time i would have just said sherlock because it was like the best show that i had seen at the time but now yeah. i'm not gonna say that sherlock is my favorite show either because like now i'm out of the queer baiting in sherlock and i can't love it as hard anymore yeah i do have and to I'm say mad that it was like kind of sexy mm, kind of i was being polite <laughs> <laughs> so explain to me how you have a character who's literally a lesbian and she's like except for sherlock holmes except for better to come because because something also about a skinny like white literally the writing for her character was like the fact that sherlock never beat her and then they were like because of her feminine emotions he figured it out and i'm like i hate you 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 Stephen I want you to be unemployed for the rest of your life. That's what I, I want for you. I never want to see you in an alley, sir, because... You and Joss Whedon? You and Joss Whedon. Oh, my gosh. Senor. Mm-mm. It's just... It's not looking good for y'all. It's not looking good. I'm just going to know right now. Don't... Don't ever drop down a heart because I will be there in luggage. I'll be waiting for you. All right? Oh, gosh. Oh, I do have to say, if you did like Sherlock, uh, Elementary on CBS, which is like the American... It's so good. Again, it's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> That was my comfort show for a long time because there's seven seasons, so I could just easily like just jump in and watch it. You know, I usually don't watch procedurals, you know, because like copaganda is very much is very rampant and very much insidious mm-hmm. in my American parents television. are real big on the copaganda. I always am like, oh, is this cop show number forty-seven you guys are watching? I'm really sassy about it. Yeah, like I like no. The only other copaganda show I watch is nine one one. And that show, it's not really copaganda, it's more focused on firefighters. Like, there yeah, is a cop in the show. I love 911. I love it's it. So bad. No, don't say it's bad. <laughs> no, it's good. I've they cross- just have so many, just like such a rotating cast of like extras and minor characters mm. that they're just gonna be like, guys, I've been shot. And you're like, were you? Stop. I've cried to that show. Like, if a show makes you cry, I'm like, okay, this is a good show. Cause... You know, <laughs> and some of the effects and stuff, I'm like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. I can't. I know. When they had the but tsunami... I'm a terrible person. So. It's okay, girl. It's okay. We can be terrible together. When we were talking earlier, it's fine. It's fine. 
you know. But I remember, like, 911, they love to play up um, any kind of natural disaster. They're like, oh, California? Yeah, it's in the middle of the, the Bermuda Triangle. Like, every bad thing happens in California. Like, the freaking, um, when there was a tsunami and then there was an earthquake. <laughs> I was so ready. Whenever a show is like someone's dying of something and like really rare specific disease, you know, like this really rare, like, ah, oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, give it to me. And so when the freaking rebar went through Chin's head, I was like, oh, come on, Final Destination. Oh, come on. I was like, this is the most interesting way someone has ever died on the show. I love this. Y'all kill me off my toes. Okay. Interesting. Like, who? And then the way they handled, like, I also, more shows that came back this year. Stop acting like the pandemic didn't happen. Stop acting like the pandemic didn't happen. Put on a fucking mask and turn up the gain on the mic. Okay. I like that there are shows, mainly like 911 and obviously Grey's Anatomy. That's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, pandemic, that ties into like our show or plot. So like, it helps to be, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm like torn, um, because part of it's like I see the pandemic in my daily life. Mm-hmm. I've been locked down this entire time. Yeah. I am in direct contact with my immunocompromised grandparents, and so like I haven't left my house, and I don't leave my house. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be like certain family members. Um, and it's been like this level of isolation. Like I don't know. Sometimes I'm like I want to turn on the TV and just like forget that that's a thing. Yeah. Not that I the tv because i don't have time but, <laughs> so i'm always torn um between that and but like i know i feel like with live stuff i'd like to know we are still in a pandemic all y'all better get your masks on like if it's a live format thing that's different that i'm like i want to see those cdc proof papers i want to see your your negative tests i want to see your mask um mm-hmm. that that i'm 100 percent like no 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 y'all gotta like get it together um but uh and I've been talking to, like, different people that work on, like, filming and things and how, like, precautions have been taken. And thankfully, for the most part, at least, like, in a lot of the industry, um, they are required by law. Um, it's actually why a lot of filming and crews have shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a lot of small companies, like production companies, have actually been lost to COVID. And Aww. it's because now you're required to sit, have, like, um, a nurse who does testing on, um, on, um, on set. Because I, uh, Hyper RPG, the, like, you, you, the, like, Twitch and YouTube, um, peeps who do, uh, like, tabletop stuff, ha- uh, we're talking about it, um, how, like, the requirements you have to have in the age of COVID to mm. be production that's licensed, oh. um, and to get insured. So, a lot of it is there, we just don't see it, and I'm, like, always torn between, like, I don't want to think about it, mm-hmm. Or, like, if it's live, like, yeah, I want you to show me that you're actually taking it seriously and that we're not pretending in real yeah. life yeah. that it's not a thing. If we're in cartoon land, that's thing. Also, speaking of you, we're getting into, it with like, the, like, the tsunami and the tornado. Yeah. All of these medical shows, like, the world is always ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just some wild shit going on yeah. at any given point. I, like, I've noticed that. In a lot of shows, like fantasy shows you watch, it's like, if we don't get the secret amulet to the mountain by midnight, then the city is going to be swallowed. Like, okay, babe, slow down. Calm down. Let's, like, let's chill out for a second, okay? It's fine. It's, I get it's serious, but it's not that serious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
I think, like, I remember when, like, Smosh came back to filming, some people wanted them to, like, wear their masks while they were, like, recording. And I was, like, I was kind of, like, I get why, but at the same time, like, they can't. Like, they just, like, like, they how are you going to do try not to laugh through a mask? <laughs> like So, yeah, and that's, again, like, why I, like, mentioned, like, that there are, like, in order to do protection, like, they do have to follow CDC regulations. Um, especially, like, people forget, like, Smosh is a big company. They are mm-hmm. owned by Nethercool. Like, they are doing things right. Yeah. And they, it's a description of every single video. They are following CDC guidelines. You even mm-hmm. see when they're back, like, you know, on Twitch, if they're walking back on camera, they're, like, taking off their masks. Yeah, it's like, and you see on their Instagram, or they like, post stories and things like that. Like, if the camera's not rolling, they are masked. Yeah. And before they are able to do things on camera, like, they have to get tested. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. something that Smosh has been really trying to help. And they have to remember the things that they have and haven't been transparent about. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, I recently, like, I was on Tumblr, which was a mistake. And somebody had, like, posted this thing where they're like, oh my gosh I'm so upset because like Damien and Sage went on a uh, a trip and like oh my gosh it was like that little thing where like people get upset over something so small and it's like bestie this is not it like they were upset because they went on a trip and they thought the anti-vax when when did you think that why would you think that you haven't been paying attention because neither of them are that way so it must be your assumption of what you know no 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 you know what I mean let's not get it twisted let's not say things that it's are not true to just decide some things how it is and then yes with it. And I'm like yes your evidence where's, um where's i don't the... want to have a name but yeah uh, <laughs> where's the proof no, like when it. they got the new ceo mm-hmm. everyone and their mother was like ah this must mean ian's leaving and all these other things and i'm like it's a where did they say any of this or they'll be like well they know you know they were said they were trying to make themselves like a tv show i was like where where did they say that Please show me a quote. Reddit is anything. not a reliable source. Because they'll be like, they literally said, I'm like, where? And they can yeah. never answer me. Because they didn't fucking say it. And it wasn't said. And it wasn't a thing. Y'all want to act like you're in the room where it happens. And you're not. You're yeah. not Aaron Burr. You're very much Aaron Burr, in fact. In fact. Because you're tap dancing outside. You want to be in the room where it happens. Babe, no one's letting you in. You're not Alexander Hamilton. This is not, this is not your place, babes. I'm sorry. <laughs> You don't work there. None of us work there. So, like... Yeah, it's just... Can we stop pretending to, like, know everything yeah. personally? You can, can we stop that for a little bit? You want to make assumptions, you can make your subbabes. It's really funny, because, like, no one likes to acknowledge as much as a company until they're mm-hmm. like, it's not a company, and they're doing these things. And I'm like... Mm, okay. And then I have to refrain from using Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> People love to be like, oh yeah, it's much like, it's a group of friends, they're all besties, I'm like, babe, everyone signed contracts, like, they like each other, yes, and they're friends. Yeah, they, they do like each other, like, they are friends, they yeah. get along, if you ever see anyone being mean or bullying each other, it's a bit, yeah. like, and they said it many times, like, it's a joke. you know, they used to love to say that, like, Courtney boy Shane, and it's like, Shane's 30, Yeah. he has been a main cast member for longer than Courtney, we and can make fun of Shane. that's all he has to do. Yeah. Like, they're adults. If someone's doing something that's not okay, all they have to do is speak up. And they've said so during the podcast. Yeah. Through during multiple po- podcasts, yes. Yeah, during mo- so many podcasts, we talked about, like, oh, yeah, like, I wasn't down with this thing, and so we didn't do it. Or, like, we reshot this, or, like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you're telling me he's just been horrifically bullied this entire time? Man's on Goldberg. Do you think he needs to collect his smosh check? Like, maybe. But, like, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, like... They're there because they want to be. Yeah. If something was going wrong, like, they all, all like, they're adults. 
they can advocate for themselves. If something's up, then we'll know because right. they'll say so. But it's not. And they literally said, hey, chill. And if the person who you're getting mad for is telling you to chill the fuck out, then just you need to chill the fuck out. Like, we, in fact, should bully Shane more because, <laughs> you know, why not? We have completely... Yeah. I mean, no one should get bullied. That's another thing. Fans <laughs> see, like, the actors bullying each other and then think it's okay to bully the actors. So I'm like, no, 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 you don't know them. You yeah. don't know them. You can't make that joke. Yeah. <sighs> People do just spend through a lot. And I get a little eye twitch going and I'm like, actually, okay. <laughs> Like, actually, I'm going to time you out for, like, 10,000 seconds. You can come back when you yeah. know how to act. Yeah, I bully him because he bullies me. <laughs> right. We have, that, we have that friendship, the connection. Yeah. You do not. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can be like, Spencer, how dare you? And he'll be like, Carly, you're fired. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to sleep. I don't need to be here. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm going to go down. Bye-bye. That's fine. You I know, mean... sometimes I like intentionally for a joke unmod myself and then we have a raid happen and then i'm like oh no <laughs> but we need to do we have anything else to say about sense eight um we didn't really talk about like riley um i did find it weird that like homegirl witnessed people die and then she went frolicking around in the park like i was like riley what kind of life do you live with like damaged because of upbringing like she lost husband and infant child Yes. In oh a horrific, like, she went through the trauma of birth, and then that baby died in her arms because it froze to death. Being so sad. It was, like, she is gone. Like, you, like, you see Riley, and you see, like, she has suicide on her wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a lot of drugs. Mm-hmm. She is, like, involved in the party scene. Yeah. And, like, you see why very quickly. Like, the yeah. life is tragic yeah in every sense of the word Mm -hmm. and then like you know she is really hesitant with will because she had everything she ever loved yeah and it's difficult um it's like the golden retriever thing where like it's like the sad girl meets a like really nice guy they like fall in love it's it's kind of like looking for Alaska, but not as like, not as bad, I guess. No hate to John Green. Like, I love you, John, if you haven't, I love you. But yeah, like, John's great. he's great. But like, there's a certain thing where there's the, like, now like, she's different. Uh, and then like, there's the one guy who's like, super normal, has lived a great life. His, both his parents love him. Like, I don't know, can play piano, like no one's business. And then he meets mm-hmm. the girl because she's like walking around the mall and he becomes obsessed. So different. Uh, His manic pixie dream girl. Yes. Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I hate that term with mm-hmm. a burning passion. Uh, and like Mary oh, Sue. Love, what are we doing here? Don't call me Mary Sue, please. But I do love Mary Sue. The biggest Mary Sue ever is fucking Superman, and everyone still sucks and jigs. <sighs> yep. And I do love like Riley and Will's relationship. They're so cute together. Yeah. They're... And I feel like Riley's kind of learning how to bond. Um, but it doesn't mean everything's sunshine and rainbows. It means things are going to be hard, but they're going to get through it together, um, which I respect and appreciate. And I feel like, because Will is very balanced, he's very stable. Yeah. And Riley really needs that stability. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Will can be very hard-headed. And he also, like, he doesn't sugarcoat things. He yeah. never tries to, because also, because of their sensitive abilities, he shares that memory and he mm-hmm. shares trauma. And so he gets it, and he gets it on a very, you know, spiritual level, on a very, you know, um, he just, they don't ever try to minimize mm-hmm. each other's experiences. They don't ever try to say, oh, they're in love and things are fine now, because mm-hmm. it's not. 
Right. Like... It's, it's very much not... It's not easy, mm-hmm. you know? And Will, like, I was kind of hesitant when I first saw Will, because I was like, okay. He's our star-spangled white boy. Ah, <laughs> star-spangled And he's boy. a cop. And he's a cop. <laughs> That's great. Like, is he an ex-cop? Yes. And, like, gosh, Will, such a good... There's just, like, mm. And I love the actor. He just has such good energy. He's such a good dude. Yeah. You want to, like, hate him for being a stereotype. <laughs> Or, like, be, like, an angry, bitter, yeah, you know, yeah. like, minority who's like, oh, here we go. And he's going to save the day. But he doesn't save the day. Everyone saves the day. Everybody does. And he, like, Will is one of those guys who's, like, it's about teamwork. And he, like, really. Yeah. Like you those... want to call him the main character yeah. because he's, like, he's the star of white boy. Yeah. But he's not. He's not. The and he's not the most important person in the room. He never pretends to be the most important person no. in the room. And his entire drive and motivation is the safety, well-being, and love for his family and for his other sensei. It, it did break my heart when his father passed away. And, like, when he is, like, while he's by the bed and, like, while when his father is, like, I guess crossed another realm, he <laughs> sees Will. And I'm like, oh, now this is something we could have explored a little bit. Because why does he see him? What's going on? Is his dad a sensei? Like, I had so many questions in that one moment, but I was crying because I was like, no, he was not. Like, he, like, he. There's so much left. And it's like, I I love show and Will not being able to see his dad or talk to his dad because he's in hiding because, you know, Dio is out to get them. The BPO is the dangerous organization. They're trying to all the sensates and he's trying to hide out and keep everybody safe. And, you know, it's too dangerous for him to go to Chicago because like he'll be exposed and he doesn't want to hurt his dad. But his dad, like, it's like leave his that scene where he's just like there crying, grieving. And I was just like, man, this is too much for me. This is, I yeah, couldn't. And this is the living type y'all pull me in y'all pull me in y'all taking me out like i can't it's like i i can't not it's it's so beautiful it's such a beautiful show like i feel like since eight there probably will be like a reboot of some kind where someone will try to replicate it and make it better but you can't make you, it can't better. Replicate you can't like this is magic in a bottle it's one of a kind it's like one of those shows you watch and you're like, you're just glad that you were able to, when you saw it because it's, yeah. just like a, it's so beautiful. It's like a lovely part of it and you just appreciate it all. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else I really want to say about the show. I don't know. I feel like we've pretty well covered it. And I'm like going through the list in my mind of all the main cast and I feel like we covered everyone. Yeah. I do think that like Angelica as a character was very complicated and her being kind of like the mother and then us learning about her more. It makes me so sad because like it's very clear that Lana had like a clear plan to how to explain everything going on in with the sensei and I liked that we didn't get the explanation in the first season. That way we mm-hmm. could just kind of like experience it and see it and like kind of understand what it's like through our own brains and our own minds. But like, yeah. The the last episode being like two hours and thirty long, it's very clear that like they had to wrap it up to you know to try to like tie up loose ends and they tied them up and of course there are still more mm-hmm. questions to what it's like to say what was Jonas's like why did Jonas stay alive when they thought he died what was Angelica really doing what was the thing with Todd and like the sh- and like what's up with like the people that are in the facility that are just there yeah. like what's up with the zombie like all this stuff was like kind of answered in the last episode but not really like answered to a point where like I felt like I really had the whole story but that's just kind of how it is and that was kind of how it was left 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like they were so busy trying to wrap everything up with a nice pretty bow, and mm-hmm. it was like, there's just so much lore and like things that you wanted to know and talk about that like there just wasn't time. No. And they really had to like pick and choose and prioritize like the characters, um, which I like respect and appreciate. And I am glad that we got what we did get, but there is still like, I know, I wish there was like a book. Oh my gosh, a book would be good. I would kill for a full complete series. Yeah. Where it's the story all written out. Also, this show kind of reminds me of Orphan, which is a show on the T, I think. And it was about I've this. Seen it. It's so good. I've seen like all of the episodes. It's so great. If you haven't seen Orphan Black, it's a show about uh, a woman. She is trying to get on a train one night, and then she's a woman that looks exactly like her jump in front of a train, and so she assumes her identity because they look the same. And then she realizes that there's something bigger going on, and it has to do with cloning. But the show is so interesting and in depth, and there's so many different parts to the show in like the science behind it and like you know the big bad organization that like clone the cloning community and like what that looks stuff and the show was given a five season arc and there's also like an audiobook to kind of continue on with the story and how the other characters are doing and what's going on and i love tatiana maslani because she plays all five characters so well to the point where like you are like no it's not just her but it's just her yeah. and yeah. really sense eight really did this yeah and she's gonna be she hulk in uh, a new Marvel show, which I'm very excited because I think Megan Thee Stallion is also going to be in that show, but she's going to be in the show as herself. Super nice. I'm very excited for that, and I do wish that since it got the time to grow its story and tell its story in the way that Orphan Black did, because it really did help Orphan Black, because that show was a bit complicated and it did get convoluted sometimes, as it does with like sci-fi shows that take a lot in science and like you know throw out like random jargon in there like okay you know like i'm gonna pretend like i know what you're talking about but i have no idea but all in all sensei such a good show and i'm sad gosh i'm sad that it ended because it ended yeah. like in 2018 i think but um it's 2021 now about to be 2022 wait was it that long ago <laughs> <laughs> it was like almost three because right, i was still in college yeah dang i thought three crazy <sighs> that show took up so much of my life at that time like I watched it because my like my childhood like very close friends um we were like I was like having like a sleepover still in high school um and she's like oh my gosh have you seen the show I'm obsessed with the show like yeah let's watch a couple episodes and so we binge watched the first like five or six episodes together and stayed up till like three or four in the morning love that just watching this show because I was like immediately and that's the thing like with that show like it's instant magic like Mm -hmm. i love sci-fi i love like you know this this conversations on diversity and Mm -hmm. like social concepts and things um and they're like they're like oh yeah it's like um people do the matrix i was like what that's so cool and so like you see all these beautiful action scenes and these cool diverse storylines and it was just like instantly i was in love and obsessed and i needed more and that's how like that's why i've seen it six times not necessarily because i have gone out of my way to see it six times but Mm -hmm. because like anytime someone's like i haven't seen this i'm like allow me to sit with you and we will watch the show yeah i love it we love to see it yeah that's my thing i know that like people 
watch it. Like, oh, watch this, watch that. And I'm like, no, we have to watch it together. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, like, there aren't a lot of shows that you watch or you see that impact you in such a way. And there are a lot of shows out there that really do convey the message of, like, identity and, like, <laughs> how we all live in different areas and different, like, places. But there are so many experiences that we can all share together that we will understand. Like, Sunbok is one of the strongest people in that show. She's an amazing fighter, but she wasn't allowed to be a fighter, really, because she's a woman. And there are so many times where she helps other people out in that way, and they help her as well. Because she was in solitary yeah. confinement, like, for a while in the beginning of season two. Just sad. And it was and, so... you know, which is, like, a form of torture. Like, yeah. we don't really talk about that, especially because it's so normalized in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But it genuinely, like, again, this is my psych background talking... Um, it is really a form of torture. That level of isolation, it, it does really negative things. We are pack animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like we've seen in certain experiments, like if you do not have social contact and connection, like it does kill you. Mm-hmm. Like it does really damage you personally. And people talk like, oh, like I'm a lone wolf, da 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 da. I'm like, but you still have day to day interactions with people. Yeah. Um, like there was an experiment done a while back where um, they had these babies and like basically just like their basic needs were met and that was it. So, like their diapers were changed when they needed to be changed and they were fed regularly. They were not ever held and they were not given any affection or contact or spoken to. And they had to pause the experiment. They, they had to end the experiment because all of a sudden half the babies oh. and um even when they rescued the babies like none of them survived oh. like, people need contact they need interaction um it really negatively impacts people to be isolated and it's why like i'm a really big advocate of abolishing solitary confinement and it's why like you see sun is able to survive and continue to maintain her sense of self because she is never alone yeah Mm -hmm. um whereas she may not have been so lucky and been so um resilient had she not um been a sensate yeah it's um it is really a beautiful show i i just marvel at it because oftentimes people have amazing shows that don't get heard or get the voice for it and i'm glad that lily and lana are like two well-known people where like they have the matrix behind their name so that and a billion other titles yeah and so many other things they've done so i'm very glad that since eight was something that was able to feed i'm sad that like netflix decided to cut it short because it was like yeah it was expensive to film but like i'm sure netflix has made way more expensive movies with less plot yeah they weren't getting enough return on investment even Mm. though i'm like how do you have a global movement demanding you finish the series but you didn't have enough to continue the show netflix very much focuses on one certain demographic when it comes to their content, and when any other other content focuses on any other demographics, they need to see like a million people talking about it every single week on Twitter, or they don't think anybody's watching it. They don't like. I don't know what's going on over there, but y'all don't know what you're doing. I'm just gonna say that like y'all really do irk. Like what's Girl. going on? What's up, Bestie? They have a whole song in Sensei. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, like explain <laughs> it to me, babes. Make it make sense. And make it make sense, babes um yes i think i don't think i have anything else left to say except that you guys should go watch sense 8 please watch it it's my favorite 
It's so good. It's such an amazing show. I honestly can't wait to just like, uh, I hope that like, I know that this show has definitely inspired other people to make really great, like really great stuff out of it. I'm excited to see what the other actors do, you know, following. Because I know that like, I, I just love them. Will and Wolfgang are back in the new Matrix. Go see the new Matrix. Oh my gosh. I'm... Um, oh, apparently um, Wolfgang doesn't have like a lot of speaking lines. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, if you need more Wolfgang, you can always go rewatch the scene. Mm-hmm. Honestly, please do, King. Okay. I got a screenshot of like his character design, and it's like really like he looks really very Matrix, and it's very funny. We love that for him. (laughs) All right. Um, I think that's going to be it for us talking about Sense Eight. Now we will go into our last segment of the podcast, which is I'll Pass, where we talk about TV shows and movies that we're not watching that are coming out recently. Or we talk about, you know, stuff that's happening in the industry that we're just going to pass because that's just not. Uh, is there anything you're going to pass on, Carla? I'm super torn. I really want to pass on the new Hawkeye series. Ooh, girl. I know that's like some fight, mm. but like, because I do love MCU and everything, but mm. this, like, the MCU's portrayal of Hawkeye is such a drenched, far removed, like, character design compared to like comic book Hawkeye yeah like I wish Hawkeye was deaf and I'm really (laughs) sad for the people that you know they just stripped away his representation for the sake of laziness um also Hawkeye was a much more likable character and I just feel like Jeremy Renner's like like no disrespect but he doesn't like I'm not excited to see him on screen um and like I know they're prepping for the next generation like you know um Haley, whatever her name is to take over and i and i'm mad because they made a tv show which means all the lore is gonna be in there and miss out but like i don't, <laughs> I don't care about Hawkeye. i think i'm actually gonna like bend and watch it because i was a huge fan of daredevil and apparently a lot of the characters from daredevil are popping up in the mcu again and i'm like kevin kevin he did this on purpose he did this on purpose because he knows we don't like hawkeye and he knows we don't like jeremy renner but you know what he did he put florence pug in the show and they put Haley steinfeld who i love Haley steinfeld is just a girl she literally just acts she sings she don't do nothing else she just be chilling and i respect that about you Haley. okay i I see you florence you i'm like honey have better taste in men but like you do (laughs) like you know, we all liked Scrubs back in the day, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you know. And there's one character from the Daredevil show, Daredevil on Netflix. I used to love that, and people were rewatching it, as you should, because it's so good. There was one villain in the show that's in Hawkeye. So now, it's like, I have, like, I, like what do you want me to do? Like, they're really trying to pull, they really are trying to, like... They really they, want me to want to want it shit, but, like, uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so I attached. might like make myself watch it, but mm-hmm. in general, like conceptually, I'm, yeah, um, that's the only thing I can really think of where I was like, mm. <laughs> the MCU does a great job of like, we know you don't like this person, but how are all these other people in here? Hmm? Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of them, other than like Hulk, which is just like boring. Um, wow, you're gonna do Mark Ruffalo like that? Worse. Wow, my king. I, I think I stopped forgiving him when they tried to force him and Scarlett Johansson to have a romantic relationship, and she oh. wasn't about it, and they had no chemistry, and it was just weird and dumb, and he just was like, we need more straight people on the scene, because <laughs> like, no. um, personally, like, my, like, conceptualization of, like, uh, Black Widow is that she's asexual and, like, hmm. doesn't mess with that junk, 
uh, for reasons. She never does in the comics or anything for reasons. Well, no, I think she does, like, I think she dates, like, um, but, like, in general, like, my headcanon, she's it, and I, yeah, I don't really care for Hulk as much. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. What are you passing on? Um, I am passing, okay, this is not really, like, film stuff, but this is something mm-hmm. that happened on Twitter just now while we were filming. So if you saw me on my computer, that's what I was doing. I always hop on Twitter when we are filming just to make sure, like, see if, like, if anything spicy is happening. Yeah, spicy comes up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think this might be just geared towards me and who I follow, because this is what I realized, like, Twitter will show you certain things if you follow certain people and certain things are trending and the people you follow are commenting on it. They're like, oh, by the way, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. So I don't know if I follow a lot of people who watch like video essays. I don't know if you guys watch a lot of video essays on YouTube, but I will say this right now. I'm the kind of person, I will not be sitting down watching a movie for two hours, but I will watch a video essay on why the Disney Fast Pass is bullshit. I will do that. I will not sit down and watch Fight Club, but I will watch a video essay on why Lost is one of the worst shows ever made. I will do it. The video is two hours long. I will sit down and watch it. I will sit down and watch a video about Bo Burnham and Jeff Bezos and their conflict between each other. A two-hour video essay? Yes, I will. I will watch it. Best believe I will. An hour and a half, an hour and 40-minute video essay on Trisha Paytas and how she is trash, even though I know she's trash, I'm going to watch it. Re-educate me. Remind me. Refresh my memory. You know what I mean? I want to stay fresh in here. I never want to forget. You know what I'm saying? Never forget, they say. You know what I mean? So, there's another video essayist that people know and love. Her name is Lindsay Ellis. And Mm -hmm. Lindsay has gone to hot water a couple times because some of the takes she has are, like, very much based in, like, whiteness. Like, she is a very smart person and she has a really, like, amazing- she has great content. She makes great videos. Her videos on the Omegaverse are, like, top-notch, top-tier, S-tier content. You know, her, Jenny Nicholson, ContraPoints are all, like, white women that dominate the video essay space. And they do deal with, like, a lot of hate and harassment on Twitter, mainly. And also on YouTube, because they're women. But there have been times where, like, they say things that are kind of, like, bestie. That's just saying the draft. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Lindsay essentially wrote a goodbye letter saying that, like, from all the um criticism that she's been receiving she's just over it and she's not gonna deal with it anymore mm-hmm. so she's not making videos anymore and a lot of people have been like commenting on like what this could like what this really means there's one um twitter thread i found that i'm gonna kind of read out to you um and basically they're saying that like Lindsay ellis being harassed sucks but Lindsay ellis was racist in her dismissal of the indigenous people with the portrayal of the Quilente tribe in the Twilight series, it is not POC's responsibility to protect white people when we call them out. And this is just like the kind of like reoccurring statement that a lot of people are having where like, they like Lindsay, they like Lindsay, they like her content, they think she's, she's very smart and like very talented and what she does, but it's very clear that the certain stances that she made about some movies, like whether it was Twilight or the movie with Raya in The Last Dragon, I think, mm-hmm. And there's probably something else I don't remember right now. Anything else Disney has touched with their sweetie mat paws? <laughs> like, basically, like, there were times where she tweeted out something that she probably shouldn't have tweeted out or said. And she had made a video apologizing for it and going through everything that she had said and, like, explaining why and apologizing. But I guess that she just got tired of it. And this is another thing I noticed in mainly white women is that, like, white women are so quick to defend people of color and to take a stance in social justice and all that but when it's too much 
when it's too heavy when somebody tells you hey this thing you said was microaggressive and this is why you want to be seen as you want to be praised for even saying anything at all because you're a white person and you use your privilege for the good of all mm-hmm. people but if you say something wrong you suddenly feel attacked and you want to jump into your white womanhood and be it's performative allyship and white women yeah. are great at it yeah you want to like you want to jump back and be like oh ooh, you can't you want a gold sticker you want the gold star but yep. you don't want to like answer when you are called out because you missed the mark if you can make a video if you can make a two-hour video about why rent sucks you can take the time to read three tweets about why the thing you said wasn't okay yeah like, that's not girl also, you have like, degrees it like this wasn't like a hateful attack yeah it sounds like people were like hey actually um this thing you said uh is very negative towards this marginalized group mm-hmm. and here's why like you know we should think about this differently like it doesn't sound like they were saying she was a bad person they just said like she didn't say the thing that she did say just like wasn't productive or helpful like mm-hmm. you know there was a different way she could have handled it yeah like people asking you to simply apologize and people aren't asking you to just say sorry like you need to say sorry know why you're saying sorry and fully admit to being wrong but nobody wants to admit that they're wrong because people don't really want to take back the stances that they make because they want to feel like they're right in it and if someone like if you want to come to me as a black woman and try to argue with me as to how like insecure isn't a good show you better come with a really solid points because i'm going to come back at you with some other points of my own because the way i watch yeah. insecure is different from how you watch insecure how you may watch it and if you don't want to like have a honest conversation but you want to have a conversation where you're right and you're always winning the argument but you feel like you're getting attacked and bogged down and you want to run back and just try to play the victim that's not gonna work buddy yeah like i don't know i mean I, there are times where i'm like i don't even want an apology i just want you to admit you're wrong yeah just say you're wrong because you are you think that if you say sorry that i'm gonna stop being mad at you and i'm gonna get over it and let it go but that's not gonna happen <clears throat> like i have told people like there was um one situation i had with someone that i knew um it was like in college like we were doing a group project or whatever and this guy basically said something to another girl and she wasn't upset or mad over it but i was and she's like you don't have to get mad for me and i'm like i'm not mad at you i'm mad that he said it that's why i'm mad and he's like why can't you just forgive me and apologize like why don't you forgive yourself how about that because i'm not gonna forgive you how about that and i got kicked out of the room (laughs) i had to work on it on my own but i got a better grade than them anyway anyways what i'm saying is that like once someone is point like someone is like made to you tell someone you said something wrong and they're gonna feel like this oh i said something wrong and then if someone forgives them they'll feel like they're off the hook if you point it at them and you're like no you forgive yourself because i don't owe you anything i don't owe you forgiveness yeah i don't owe you a sorry like you did the wrong not me you know what i mean yeah forgiveness isn't like a guarantee it's not like it should be like maybe a goal Mm -hmm. depending on like what happened yeah um because also like sometimes there are things where um on the flip side of that we're like you messed up and you're like i'm really sorry i definitely messed up here and you apologize and you acknowledge it and you say you're wrong and the other person like it's like that's not good enough and like there are sometimes where there's nothing you can do about that and mm-hmm. you're like okay like i've said my piece they don't want to forgive me like okay yeah well what you don't like Lindsay, all she did was quit her job you know like she'll mm-hmm. find another job she wrote a book and it did well so i'm sure she's pretty much like okay like she can probably like work on a tv show 
or something and find something else to do you know i'm sure yeah. that like I mean, like there are when you're saying you're quitting like the internet and stuff like it's kind of different because you know if you're actually making the point of walking away and you're doing successfully it means you can afford to mm -hmm. do that yeah there are plenty of people, sometimes plenty... people do just get hated on for no reason there yeah. are of course bad characters in the world but if you were caught up with stuff and you got tired of whatever it was like you know she's got a plan mm -hmm. um also like i don't need any like victimizing white people. yeah Lindsay ellis is not a small creator who like makes videos out of her room and edits them herself on her macbook like she has some people behind her who are helping and like you know if you just want to like i don't know fade it's like there will always be people who have bad faith arguments with whatever you say, but if there are people who genuinely do have a criticism towards you and you're just tired of expecting people to say of an actual like apology and you just don't want to take accountability for it and you just want to like, yeah, I'm not here no more, so y'all can't be mad at me. You can argue with me because I'm not here. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I also want to say, um, I remember what you said earlier about movie trailers. It reminded me of when I saw the movie trailer for Pet Cemetery and when they put the entire plot of the movie in the trailer, which really pissed me off because I actually planned on watching that movie. But when I saw the trailer in theaters for another horror film, I was so upset. I, I walked out of the theater. I was like, I don't really? watch it anymore. I was like, I'm pissed. Like I was in the theater to watch Halloween and um, the trailer for Pet Cemetery came on. I was like, fuck this. Fuck, I'm out of here. Like, I was pissed. Because movie trailers are supposed to give you the taste of what's going to happen in the show. But they're show. not supposed to give you the entire movie. Yeah. And also, I'm supposed to judge whether or not I want to watch the show based off the trailer. You know what I mean? There have been some trailers I've seen where people are like, Oh, well, don't judge the show based off the trailer because you don't know yet. Like, um, That's the, the point. The whole point is you showed me and I wasn't interested. There was a show that Debbie Ryan was on called Insatiable on Netflix. And... That show was a mess. I didn't actually watch it, but um, I'd watched like a bunch of reviews on it because it was a show basically about this girl who was named Patty and people called her Fatty Patty. By the way, Debbie Ryan, she was in a fat suit, first of all. I hate fat suits. Yeah. I don't think they're fun. And she basically like got punched in the face by a homeless man and then she was knocked out unconscious for like a month or two months and she had her jaw wired shut, shut and then she lost all of the weight and so then she decided to get revenge on all the people who were mean to her and i was watching this show and i was like there's no way she lost all of that weight in two months and if she did do it with her jaw wired shut that was very unhealthy and very like that's worrisome yeah and she's probably like got some severe like medical stuff going on and she wanted to be in a beauty pageant and then she had a crush on a grown man who was accused of sexual assault but the girl was lying about the sexual assault but then we realized that he's not a good guy anyway so like the sexual assault allegation could be true and then there was like this whole like literal a magical negro was in the show like a literal woman like who was like a fairy or whatever and like there's attempted murder and there's like all this other stuff going on in the show and i feel like there was a message behind the show but it got like the ryan murphy treatment where like it was not made by ryan murphy but they do this thing where like it's so extra and y'all try so hard to make it funny and poppy and teeny and like oh my gosh look disney mm -hmm. channel kind of thing and you're trying yeah. to put an important message in the show and it gets lost in all your other bullshit 
Yeah, like you were so busy creating, you know, a show and creating a, you know, an entertainment that you didn't actually communicate the idea you were trying to communicate. Hmm. I heard about this show and I was like, mm, sounds fat phobic. I'm not interested. Yeah. It's also written by like a skinny girl who was always bullied for being skinny. So I was like, why would I actually, watch this? No, fuck off. It's like Tall Girl, that movie, and it was written and directed by a man who was like 5'4". Mm-hmm. Like, his height is in his IMDb profile. He put that in there on purpose. So Also, in the movie Tall Girl, the black girl who's her best friend, she doesn't have a name. What? She doesn't have a name. Like, you look up her name online, no name. She's just the black... How does she get referred to in the show or she the movie or whatever? She's not referred to. She just talks. She gives, like, inspirational talks there. What the f- Yeah. Netflix, you gotta do better. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Netflix, you have to do better. You have to do better. You like ne- I watched the movie. They never okay. said her name. I also watched the movie only once. So, like, maybe they did say her name and I, I missed it. I'm sure her name is on IMDb, but nobody says her name. She's literally the black best friend. Also, Sabrina Carpenter is in that show, and Sabrina Carpenter's, like, five feet tall. Like, why would y'all do this? The main girl could step on Sabrina. I always found that funny, because Sabrina was the bully, and I was like, girl, kick her in the face. Why is she talking to you like this? Like, why are you taking this from her? step on her. <laughs> step on her. Literally step on her. Squash her like a bug. Oh, my God. And in the movie, like, she falls in love with this guy who's also tall and, like, a foreign exchange student. But he's mean to like one person once and then she's not into him. And then she falls in love with the short guy. And I was like, Thanks for privacy. I hate it here. Yeah, It's all a joke. Because I mean, like, I do love that a little bit. Because, like, I am a kind of shorter guy. Um, mm-hmm. You're over six foot. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I will talk to, like, my short guy friends. Like, yeah, I need me a tall girl to step on me. And I'm like, you should, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think there's anything else I really want to talk about. Um, want to discuss anything else? No, I feel like that's it for us today. Um, thank you guys so much for watching this stream. I'm going to try streaming on Twitch. If you guys are listening uh, through the audio version, you know, I stream on Twitch and I may stream a lot of the live recordings, so feel free to follow me if you want to get the, you know, unedited version, you know, online. Um, you know, thank you so much to Carla for guest, for being my guest. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Yes, this is great. Oh my gosh. I do want to try and do this again or like just, you know, we could just talk, you know, like this was great. I love this. And everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, Feel free to follow us on Spotify. Feel free to follow us on Instagram as well. You know, listen to us wherever you find podcasts. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can also support us on Anchor.fm. Uh, you can support us for $9.99 a month. $9.99, wait, $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 uh, a month. Okay, you get it. You know this feel. Ah. I want to put all of Carla's, you know, stuff in the description. You can follow her on Twitter if you want to, you know, and you check me out as well. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening. I really do appreciate it and have a good night.